Greetings and salutations, you creatures of questionable morals and dubious tastes, and welcome back to One Man's Vanity Project and Another Man's Desperate Cry for Help, the podcast known as Talk Until the Joy is Gone. You can figure out which way around that is. My name is Rooney, and I've recently been learning about Switzerland. I can't decide what the best thing about the country is, but the flag is a big plus. And here with me is a man who is probably questioning his choice of co-hosts after this intro. A man whose idea of a romantic date is using a clean handkerchief for the chloroform. Reggie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just bamboozled by like the ultimate dad joke. <laughs> I was in a very, very dad joking mood yesterday when say, I wrote that. That joke is so bad. It actually took me a good three seconds to realise what you were saying. I was, I was like, like, crap, if he doesn't get the joke, it's going to spoil the rest of the intro. <laughs> But then it hit me and I was like, oh no, I'm so disappointed in you. (laughs) I'm used to good jokes. (laughs) You can't throw your shit at me. Uh, No, I love a good dad joke. We were talking about it uh, in work the other week. Yeah, exactly. There's like three out of the five, well, five and and an apprentice on our team. Three of us are dads. Yeah. So, uh, you know. The dad jokes get busted. I'm not the worst for it. I bet. Yeah. Uh, one of one of my guys is. You've just actually like all got time. Some humorous skills. So I don't. <laughs> I don't think you, you would be the worst. I think it's the people who only have dad who jokes. Who only have dad jokes. <laughs> it's weird. It's one of those things that like you. you you're like, oh, dad jokes, and then you become a dad, and it's not like a an immediate switch like overnight. It's one of these things that you gradually kind of ease into it without realizing. Well, the older your kid gets. And the more you realise you, that you can wind them up or you can... Yeah, yeah I suppose that's probably true. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> destroyed my life, I'm going <laughs> to... I made a little bastard suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Cody. This is why I haven't fed him yet this morning. <laughs> oh, God. But to be fair, I had eaten my lunch and was sat in here... Uh, what was I doing? I was doing something else. I think I was moaning about something on Twitter. Oh, no, I was watching Gundam. <laughs> and then I went on Twitter and moaned about it. Um, and he comes in, like, just got out of bed. And I was like, okay. And I was just when I said his name, he's like, you didn't feed Cody? I was like, no. Why not? Because he was in bed when I made lunch. (laughs) You know where you were 10 minutes ago? Yeah, he was there too. He was there as well. So, you know, I'm not not making him fucking lunch in bed. Jesus. Am I his servant? No. I'm his his fucking parent. I may be legally responsible for him, but I'm not his bitch. I already keep a roof over his head, pay for the food, you know. Get in with my dad jokes. What more do you what want? More from me? Do you, what, what more can you want of me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should start a service where I rent myself out to, to dad people. Dad people? Not to daddy people, because that's something very different. <laughs> sorry, Will. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Will. You, I can hear the disappointment from here in the future. <laughs> I can be sat there Wednesday morning and go, oh, Will is disappointed in me. <laughs> yeah, because I rent myself out and just like, you know, to people who, who didn't have a dad or lost yeah. their dad early, and I could just be like, go out there and really annoy the shit out of them. Well, I get mates rates. Um, <laughs> or like, you do you, just you annoy like the, the shit out of me anyway. Yeah, <laughs> they basically already do that. Yeah, but I've lost my dad, so... That doesn't really count. You were already an adult when you lost your dad. Mm. Talk about people who lost it, like, when they were, like, five or something. Oh, okay, you know, the real victims. In the, the real yeah. victims in the scenario, <laughs> not, not the fucking martyr syndromes, yeah. Not me, it's like, uh, how much will I pay to, to get you to hang out with me for a bit longer? <laughs> 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 Confuse me with your awful dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Big party tomorrow, are you excited? Uh, yeah, I think so. I have my outfit sorted now, so I can relax. Oh, God. 
It's the most important part. <laughs> that is the most important part. I had to order a new shirt because I was like, I need something new. So I Sometimes one. I think you only throw parties just because you can utilise the full extent of your wardrobe. Not going to lie, that is at least a part of it. <laughs> like that, is, that, is at least a, that is at least a third of why I throw parties is so that I get... Because, no, like, uh, when was the last time anybody but me threw a party? In our in our social, or even extended social group. Oh, God, it's years. The last time I was invited anywhere was to a birthday barbecue last year. And that's the closest that, that you know anyone I know has thrown a party since Geminian's wedding, which, again, doesn't really count because it was a wedding. Yeah, I got invited to that. But I have to say, in the past four years, the only parties I've been invited to are yours. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody has parties. It's like all of our social group are fucking shrinking violets or something, and they just don't organise things like that. So it's like, if I, I want, just, I like to socialise and have parties. So if I want to do that, I have to organise it. Yeah, I just don't want people in my house <laughs> or knowing where I live. <laughs> it's not really that simple. Well, no. up until now, the people that... Oh, oh. Lando, have you learned how to open doors? It's because we've got all the windows open. And I had a secret Velociraptor. This <laughs> um, was up until recently, well, basically up until now, yeah. everyone that uh, has been invited here already knew where I lived or I knew I could trust. It's only now that the deviants in the cult have started getting hold of my address. I and- know, right? Like, you are playing with fire. Oh, it's fine. It's not me that they crave. I know, I'm playing by- with fire by turning up tomorrow. <laughs> You're you're ending up in someone's uh, suitcase next. Still, I'm going to cut for pickle juice and rip <laughs> not like I forgot people. <laughs> it's mine. I'm pitching a tent and renting <laughs> it out by the hour, mate. I'm going to make a killing. This mind may forget, like you know, the important words in sentences or what he did yesterday. But when it comes to my personal safety, <laughs> still trap. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to his personal safety, wait until after his third beer, yeah. fourth at a push, yeah. and then go for it because by that point. All of his self-regard has, has gone totally out the window. By that point, I would have already lost my jeans myself, and uh, it would be a lot easier for <laughs> Just be wandering around in your tighty whiteies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tighty pinkies. Tighty pinkies, oh yeah, because you are a thoroughly modern man. Oh, it's Pride Month. You've got to represent. <laughs> I love the idea that you have special underwear for Pride Month. I do, I've got 30 pairs of uh, <laughs> rainbow... Pastel-coloured pants. <laughs> Pastel rainbow... <laughs> White fronts, yeah. They came in a job lot with the hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> I get them out of the loft on May 31st, and at the end of June, they go back <laughs> they in the loft for another year. Loft. <laughs> <laughs> the rest oh. of the year, I just wear black to, you know, represent my <laughs> my soul. But for that one month, I'm I'm, I'm an ally. You know what I realise? I it. mean, no one's going to see it. No one's going to see it because you don't go anywhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> but in principle, I'm still an ally. Yeah, I realised the other, the other day. Um, what during lockdown I think it was I was like I should I should mix up my wardrobe a little bit. Um, you were saying this the other week, and then it was a it was basically <laughs> just the premise of making fun of me and my hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I was like I should I should do it. So I bought some t-shirts that weren't black um, or white. I'm yet to see these t-shirts, people. I have I have two red ones. Yeah, I don't want to see. And red a couple ones. of dark blue ones. <laughs> dark blue's fine. Oh, you don't like dark navy blue? No, I know. That's why I don't wear them very often. <laughs> um, and then Amy decided to get in on this and bought me a pastel pink Nerf t-shirt. Awesome. I think I've seen a pic. I've seen you wear it. Yeah, I-, I wore it. I wore it. Took a photo of it. I've worn it maybe three or four times. 
because it seems to go into the wash and then just get left there at the bottom of the basket because yeah. I know I'm not going to work very often. It's like, just, it just doesn't work with everything else I've got. <laughs> well, and I don't understand how pastel pink doesn't work with black. Because it doesn't doesn't match my soul, my energy, my chi. Okay. I mean, you are dressed head to toe in black to right with now. Black. With what's his name? <laughs> Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie T-shirt on. <laughs> it glows in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm dressed appropriately for the summer. So my soul. I come, I come to life in the night time. I come to dark. life in the night time. My soul glows in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Vampire the Rooney lives on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, wait till you see what I'm wearing tomorrow, mate. It, are you... This the party will be done by the time the this comes out. Done, so yeah, there's yeah. no spoilers, aside from me. Are you going full vampire? I'll be very upset if you don't go full 17th century Louis wannabe vampire. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm debating whether the big high-collared Dracula jacket or coat is going to come out or my um, cloak. I heard... Depending on the weather. I heard Beyonce's on tour at the moment. She does nine <laughs> costume changes during her show. Jesus. I think you can do at least three. I, I've I, been to parties where you start as a vampire and end as a pirate, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, do I'm, I'm not... I'm not... Uh, I'm no stranger to costume changes. No. I did at the last one. Mm. Um, so, I feel that, like, you start with the original costume and then by the end of the night, you're Dracula. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know this. The whole the whole idea of this party is that it was supposed to be easier for me and much more relaxed than the previous ones because last year was fucking hard work. Uh, I only got one memory of last year. I don't want to rehash that. No, exactly. It ended up not being that great, and it's the most work I've ever, most money and work I've ever put into a party, and it was a bit of a flop. So I was just like, fuck it, this year I can't be bothered. The second party of the year was much better, which is crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I dressed like a pirate and stood behind a bar drinking rum all night. Yeah, getting chatted up by Warren. Getting chatted up by Warren. Um, and, yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant party. I sat next to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Vanilla and got trashed and <laughs> didn't move from my chair for about four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, excitement aside, like, what do you predict for your party? Do you predict it any drama? Do you think there's going to be any bullshit? Or do you think everyone's just going to get hammered and have a good time? I hope everyone's <laughs> just going to get hammered and have a good time. Snap. Um, I'm busting out the bong. So if people aren't getting hammered, I can get them high. Because I figure if everyone's off their tits on, on you know, perfectly legal substances. Oh, yeah. We've got that legal shit. That legal shit. Yeah. Um, bar salts. Yeah. <laughs> Oregano, people. Oregano? Yeah. Rudy's such a crap stoner, he doesn't know that I've been playing him with oregano. With oregano for, for years. He, he doesn't eat Italian food. He, he doesn't recognise the smell. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, Italian food is one of my favourites. but um, Which blows my mind, right? Because I know you well enough to know that you fucking hate garlic. But I know food enough to know that every Italian meal starts with onions and garlic. Yeah, I know. Go figure. I it, I, I just think you've eaten some. You've I've, eaten, I've some, eaten food by by people that don't know how to, to moderate cook, a garlic, yeah. and it's like no, it's not that they don't know how to moderate; they just don't know how to cook, right? If you can use garlic as part of the like, it's the violin in the orchestra, right? Yeah. But if you make garlic the centerpiece, yeah. it's not going to work. No, it doesn't. No, and I've eaten some dishes anyway. like that. Yeah, For well, me, gar- <laughs> garlic bread to me is just a waste of per- a perfectly good baguette. It's take you take a really good baguette. Cook it and then, or slather it in fucking garlic butter and shit like that, 
and then cook it and then expect me to go, oh, thank you for completely jizzing all over my bread. No, no, just give me the bread. Put regular butter on it if you want. But no. Are you, are you pretentious like me? Do you like to take a baguette and dip it in like olive oil to try and. I've never done that. I, I don't see the appeal. It's quite nice. It depends on the olive oil, to be fair. If you've got a good olive oil, it's good. If you've got a shit olive oil, it's crap. I mean, like, I buy the, 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 the spray stuff. <laughs> One calorie per spray olive oil. I don't know why I was instantly disappointed when I know you so well. Yeah. <laughs> I should, should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Given the amount... Well, normally when I'm, when I'm frying stuff, it's all like bacon and sausages and yeah. stuff like that, and I don't want to add to that. Well, bacon, you just put it in a normal pan and cook it in the fat from the bacon. You put the heat on low enough and the bacon... We'll get rid of its own fat and you just cook it in that. True. Yeah. I do like doing, uh, cook my bacon and then fry other things in the bacon fat. To be fair, if I make Italian food, it all has bacon in because I put the bacon in the pan first, <laughs> get all the fat out, take the bacon out and then cook everything else in the fat. So everything <laughs> tastes like bacon. <laughs> but I also like, I also like, um, like Iberian Spanish. Oh no, I see. I'm not. I'm not into that. I don't like. I don't like seafood. Yeah. And obviously, seafood. I, I, I don't. I, I like fish, and I don't mind crab, but shrimps and prawns. Like, I don't. I don't eat seafood of any kind. But I like that as well, and a lot of that stuff is all like tomatoes yeah. and and weird shit like that. But it's also a lot of ham, and I like ham. Yeah, I don't. Like I'm ham. a. I'm a big fat. I could literally just sit there. If you give me a tub of of salad cream and a packet of ham, I will literally just sit there. Roll the ham up, dip it in the salad cream, and eat the whole fucking pack. Because I have done that before. Well, I was in a bad place. <laughs> 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 These days, I'm looking at it, I'm like, don't let the intrusive thoughts win, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a sandwich, you fiend. Yeah. Two bits of bread makes it socially acceptable. <laughs> it makes it socially acceptable to eat a whole packet of ham and half a bottle of salad cream. <laughs> I don't know. There was a time when I was in a really low place and I used to eat Nutella straight from the jar. Oh, mate, I just did that <laughs> just anyway. spoonfuls of it. We bought... <laughs> <laughs> we bought some the other day. We, we don't generally have it in the house because I do that. Yeah. I will get a teaspoon. I'll be like, oh, a bit peckish. Oh, oh no, there's a Nutella. Um, and we did it the, we got some the other month because uh, Cody asked for it. I was like, okay, we'll get some. And he was having it on toast and things. Um, and then he was like, Daddy, do you know what some people do? I was like, why? Like, some people even eat it straight from the jar. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, he was like, can I try it? <laughs> I like blew his mind yeah. that I was just stood there eating out of the jar and then I let him do it and he was like, they're so good. <laughs> it is though. It's, it's just the perfect, I mean, any kind of chocolate with hazelnut is just incredible mm. anyway, but Nutella just has has the recipe it's, down. Yeah, yeah, just something else. Have you tried the, I don't think Nutella do it, but like the knockoff brands who have the, the white and... No, I don't know white chocolate. It's weird because it doesn't taste like anything that I anything else it's white Nutella and it's just so bizarre white chocolate's far too sweet for me yeah I have to be in the mood for it dark chocolate's far too bitter milk chocolate is just where I'm at that's the one no dark chocolate the darker the better dark like my soul (laughs) yeah I love I love dark chocolate I have to be in the mood for white chocolate and milk chocolate I can take or leave it but give me a nice bar of dark chocolate really you blind my mind I'm I'm like Cody (laughs) (laughs) Like you like dark chocolate? Yeah. Why? Why only garlic? Doesn't like spice, but we eat dark chocolate. What the fuck happened to this boy <laughs> as a kid? <laughs> Why only vegetables? <laughs> but we eat white chocolate. Oh fuck! I eat peas. They're a vegetable. I just I, I realized I've, all this time I was just like I love all vegetables. They're great. But it, the reality <laughs> is that there's a vegetable that I don't actually like, and I've known that for a long time. I just keep forgetting. Sweet corn. It is <laughs> the foulest thing. 
anybody could ever part the absolute plate. worst thing oh, in the world aside from ham <laughs> the absolute worst thing in the world is when you buy i mean it won't affect you because i know you don't eat tuna but you buy like a, a tuna sandwich or a yeah. tuna mayo or something like that and you're like, like oh yeah yeah tuna sweet corn and then you mayo. bite into it yeah. and there's fucking sweet corn in there and it's like this is not what i asked for i don't mind like in that respect i can eat tuna if it's at the back of the chair on yeah, the floor that's fine i'll get it in a minute when <laughs> yeah, i finish so my he's, sentence <laughs> he's dropping he's dropped the squeezy skull that i gave yeah. him the other week to play with my stress relief <laughs> stress relief. um i don't mind if you put enough mayonnaise in it and i can only just taste oh the no tuna, it's fine put a bit of red onion in great but don't put sweet corn in that shit it's horrible no people that's the closest i've got to eating seafood I just don't, like, I think I must have just had some bad experiences with seafood that was not fresh. Yeah. Because the less fresh it is, the more fishy it tastes. And yeah. it's the fishy sea taste that I... When you, yeah, you get to a certain point and you're like, this fish, yeah, yeah. This, this should not be cooked. This should be in a bin somewhere. Whereas, like, if, if I get, like, I, I can eat cod from, a from like, a fish and chip shop. That is mm. my one exception mm. because it's deep fried. Deep fried, <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't taste of fish. It doesn't no. taste taste basically of fried. Oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love fried. Oh god, what was it I had the other day? And it basically tasted oh, we went to went to fucking Lidl. Yeah. And they've got like their their summer oh, okay. Hispanic range in. Oh. And they had these corn crisp things. Okay. And I was like, oh I'll have a go at those because whenever we go abroad. We have to sample the local cuisine in the form of crisps. I was going to say, <laughs> I go to restaurants and I'm like, what's the delicacy? You're like, what crisps have you got? What crisps have you got? <laughs> we brought some back of us last time because they were amazing. And these were basically like little like hula hoops, yeah. but made of puffed corn. Okay, corn Fried. Yeah. So they basically tasted of oil. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like crunchy oil. <laughs> I ate half. It was a big share bag. I ate half the bag in the first sitting. I remember when we were in Thailand, we went on this day trip. I can't remember which one it was because we'd done so many. But when you book like these trips in foreign countries, they try to make it worth your while by yeah. adding extra stops in. And then they pimp their friends' businesses at the same time. <laughs> so they took us to this cashew factory and they showed us how they made all the different flavoured cashews and stuff. Then we got free tasting, and I think I walked out that day with like about <laughs> six bags of different flavored cashews, and ended up bringing three of them home because I didn't have time to eat them. Yeah, but they were so good, so good, like honey chili cashews. Oh, oof. Yeah. Ah. I know you wouldn't like it, but no. for me, that's a great. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of cashews to begin with. You're not. No, I do like honey, honey, but oh, no honey is brilliant. Honey is one of the greatest things ever invented. Amy doesn't like it. No, a lot of people don't like it. No, that. I don't mm. get it. I fucking love it. I could, I have done before, just got the squeezy yeah. bottle yeah. straight into my face hole. It's not just a Nutella jar. I've attacked with a spoon. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. No, I have attacked honey with a spoon before as well. We've got, um, Cody got, uh, it's got a kid's cookbook thing. Yeah. Uh, and in it, it's got a recipe for a milkshake. Okay. So we went out yesterday. Um, and I'm like, right, just buy the essentials, guys. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and apparently there's a list of ingredients for this fucking milkshake. We've got we've got ice cream, got 100 grams of chocolate biscuits, um, milk, obviously, and honey as well. Yeah, because honey was sweet, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, wait, but, but you don't like honey? So, yeah, but it's going in the milkshake, so it's fine. I'm yeah. like, but, but no, just, just have the honey. Honey's a natural sweetener. You put in a lot of recipes instead of sugar. Uh, it's got its own natural it, oh, yeah, sugars in it, but it, it they're less. i put it in tea less... before as well. Oh, yeah, me That's too. Nice. Oh, I want porridge. 
or yeah. cornflakes? Uh, special, K. special, special K. Special K. Yeah. Hey. I eat a lot of special K, and I love it just with milk. It's fine, but it, on a day that I want to treat myself, I feel like I need that little bit of extra like flavor. I'll just put a bit of honey on it. I, I did. Uh, I can't eat special K these days because I did the special K diet yeah. for several months, a good few years ago, and I was having. Obviously, a bowl for breakfast, yeah. a bowl for lunch, and then a sensible dinner, and then going to bed disappointed and, and regretting my life choices <laughs> because lunch is one of my favourite meals of the day. And I was like, no, no, I'll be strong. So I was, I had like in my, in my uh, cupboard or my little like desk drawers at work at the time, I had like a couple of boxes of special case out mm. there, so I didn't run out. I had honey, I had uh, maple syrup. I had a variety of different dried fruits and things, okay. and I would just try different combinations, mixing it up. I'm not a big fan of dried fruit, I have to admit. Really? Yeah. It's this something called... Raisins, sultanas, currants. I, I think that goes back to being a kid, and you get to Christmas, and people would be like, oh, I've got this four-day-old box of <laughs> dried whatever. Do you want one? And I'd have it, and I'd be like, Bleh. Dates. I, know, yeah, I dates used to eat stuff, dates as a kid. And then one day, I'm eating one, and I was like... I, I really to... don't like this. Why do I keep eating them? And that was it. I just stopped. It's funny. Like, lunch is your favourite meal of the day, but I don't eat breakfast or lunch. Like, what? six I, of the I, seven I days of the week, I don't eat breakfast or lunch. I didn't used to eat breakfast until I started at my old job. Yeah. And then everyone had breakfast, and I'd be sat there, and I'd be smelling everyone's porridge and seeing them chomping away yeah. and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, maybe I should start doing that since then. Yeah, unless I get up. Like, today I haven't had breakfast because I didn't get out of bed until half past 11. But... <laughs> But I did have a pork pie last night at half past 11. So, you know. See, this is <clears throat> this is my thing. Like, I'll have dinner, and then I may eat at, like, 11 o'clock at night before I go uh, to bed. Okay. I have a horrible habit. Like, years ago, I developed this habit of falling asleep easier with a full stomach. Oh, so no, I just start like eating that. before I go to bed, and I go to bed and I fall asleep you know, easier. I just get, like, heartburn, indigestion. Oh, if I do that. I'd be up half the night with indigestion because I'm a proper old man. I, don't, I think I only ever had indigestion once and I didn't know until I went to the hospital going to ECG. Oh, my God. We were in lockdown and I can't remember <laughs> what I'd eaten, <laughs> but I just started getting these massive chest palpitations, <laughs> like real pains in my chest, and I freaked out because I was like, I've never had this Oh, before. God, I'm having a heart attack. I don't know. I don't know why my mum wasn't just like you've probably got indigestion, but I was like, well, after probably that. because like you're you you're in nearly forty, yeah. and everyone just assumes that by that point you'd know what indigestion feels like. No, nope. and so like my chest, like boom, 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 and I got so freaked out. I went to the hospital and they did an ECG on me, and we're like, "There's nothing wrong with you. You probably got indigestion." And I was just like, oh, "Fuck, what a pussy!" But to be fair, I think half the reason I went to the hospital and didn't just. Like, man up was to get out of the house. Just, just get out of the house, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Amy bought some Tacky Fuegos. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I watched her and Cody watch it. They, right? they, they ate some, YouTube. yeah. And then, like, 700 and something people watched it as well. Yeah, she, yeah. She, her mind was blown that, like, most of her videos will get, like, maybe a few dozen watches. She put that up, and within, like, three days, yeah. hundreds. And her subscriber count, like, went up by 15 or something. because... Yeah, Everybody loves Japanese culture, right? Apparently so. And so if you've got some kind of weird Japanese food that no one's eaten before, people are like, people oh, love check to them see out. people eating spicy yeah. stuff and yeah. suffering. But <laughs> I came home the other day after they bought them, and Cody was like, Daddy, we bought some Taki Fuegos. I was like, okay. He's like, you have to try one. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. But, but I, I can't eat too much. I can't eat certain barbecue sauces because they're, they're too, too spicy, spicy for me. 
And he was like, no, Daddy, we ate it. You've got... I was like, fine, okay. <laughs> Daddy! Daddy! Hit the fuego! So I did. I ate it. It was horrible. And then I spent the next 12 hours feeling like my stomach was on fire. Oh, really? Yeah. I get I get horrible heartburn anyway from certain yeah. things anyway. But just that, I was like, never again. For the next 48 hours, every time I burped, I could taste it. Yeah. And I was like, they're horrible. And then Amy just like finished off the bag the other day. She put, put them in a sandwich. She got halfway through her sandwich and was like, well, the good thing about eating enough of these is your mouth goes numb after a while. She's like, I can't taste or feel anything. <laughs> just keep chopping. <laughs> I was just like, is that okay? Is that all right? Should you be doing that? Where do you get these? I'm, I'm quite curious. I, I think they got them down at the purple, uh, fucking purple shop. The, purple shop. That's what Cody calls it. Yeah. Down at Coppice Hatch. Yeah. Yeah, they, they sell all sorts of... I get, like, the, the imported um, Cheetos. Oh, I there. like... They did Flaming Hot Cheetos in Esso for a while, and I was really into them. Yeah, you can get them in, like, Tesco. I, I'm not stuff. massively into crisps. To be fair, like, I know I'm a more savoury than sweet person, but I'm not massively into crisps. I, didn't I don't know why. Be. But these days, yeah, I can sit there and eat a whole fucking share bag mm. of skips or something like oh, that. Oh, I could. I just don't often. It's well, not the thing that... that it's my appetite. I'm more like, I'll just go and get a chunk, a chunk of cheese. <laughs> that is so much worse. <laughs> it's like a share bag of crisps. That, that's not good for you. But a chunk of cheese no, it's not like suicide. It's not It's not good for me. It's just that it doesn't appeal to yeah, me as yeah. much as a giant chunk a of giant cheese. A giant chunk of cheese. I'm just saying, you know, on a relative scale. <laughs> I mean, I do that as well. Like, I will... I will we got making cheese sandwich or something that involves cheese, and yeah. before I put it, it goes before it goes back in the fridge. I'm oh like, yeah, I'm like a Absolutely, big old bar yeah. and chocolate. Oh, as Amy describes it, eating cheese like it's an apple. Cheese. Oh yes, that's the way I do. I'll take the big. Oh god, I'm really. <laughs> you're you're outing yourself here, mate. <laughs> take the big like mature cheddar chunk, cut it in half, put half back in the fridge, and then just sit. Yeah, it's bad. We, but, we got baby bells at the moment, so I'll be just oh, be like, I love baby bells. I'm just like, oh, here's my lunch. Yeah. And here's a baby bell while I'm making my lunch. Here's six baby bells for the summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the crisps and yeah. the baby bell. Do you see now why lunch is yeah. my favourite meal of the day? I do, yeah. <laughs> all right, Pops love cheese so much that... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think all dogs All do, dogs love cheese. So, that, like, I'll make my lunch. If it's got cheese in it, I'll have to cut loads of cheese off on the side of the plate just to feed her so I yeah. can eat my lunch in peace. <laughs> yeah, no, Lando ends up getting a fair bit of cheese as well. I never get hungry, like, during the day, but suddenly I'm like, fuck, I'm hungry. Mate, I've just had four crumpets with cheese. I shouldn't. From oh, Red Leicester. I fucking love crumpets and cheese. <laughs> yeah. How are you on Marmite? <laughs> you don't like it. I can't fucking stand that Because if stuff. you heat the crump, toast the crumpets and then put some Marmite on the cheese and then melt the cheese. Oh, oh no. God. Get out, you absolute dirtbag. i got a vague memory of Amy loving Marmite. I'm not I sure, actually. I know it's not something, if she does... I, I'm she getting a vague recollection of us having this conversation before and Amy being like, yeah, ignore him. He's, I love my mate. Yeah, she probably mm. does. She eats horrible stuff, like fucking tofu. Tofu's good in, like, yeah. if you only have a little bit of it, yeah. too much of it, and you're just like, oh, my God, it's so bland. Fucking tofu and corn stuff. Blech. Horrible like, things. In, if you, in Thai, like, Thai food's one of my all-time favourite foods, and, mm. like, a pad thai traditionally has tofu in it but yeah. they only put like maybe three or four bits in and then the flavours and everything else yeah the flavours and everything else yeah but I couldn't like 
I couldn't eat like a um, tofu curry or something. Actually, I could eat a tofu curry because the flavour's in the, the curry. The flavour of the curry. Would, I couldn't yeah. eat tofu with something that wasn't like overpowering flavour-wise. I, I think what weirds me out is she, she buys it in like this plastic container. It's basically a block yeah. in juice. Yeah. And, then she, uh, and it's just like, that's basically clay that you are then slicing up and cooking and eating like it's real food. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. What was that? I mean, I don't buy it here, yeah, but... If it's part of a dish and I want a dish, I will eat it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Because <laughs> in my logic, if it's got tofu in there, there's going to be other things in there that I don't like. So I'm just, Probably. no. <laughs> we get fucking, uh, we get Chinese. We get chow mein. We ask for it about the bean sprouts. Because neither me nor Cody like the bean sprouts. Hang on. Oh, okay. It's just noodles and So it's just noodles beef. and beef, beef or chicken yeah. or whatever, whatever. Oh, Charming, we've love, gone for love bean sprouts. They are ghastly. They They're just little really, fucking bits of plant. Yeah, I don't really taste of anything. They just add crunch. No, it's they the taste. They thing. taste like plants. You have them in like I know what they put them in a chow mein because the noodles are soft. The, if the if it's cooked right, soft. the meat should be soft. Yeah, the onions are. They start the whole thing with a sweated down and soft. So they add the bean sprouts in to give you some crunchy texture to change it up. If I want crunch, I'll put some skips in there. <laughs> if I want crunch, I'll go get my share pack of crisps. I'll get, my, I'll get some fucking McCoy's yeah. <laughs> flaming, <laughs> flaming beef. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I want China. I should not have gone. No. For a, I should not have gone for a run and come around here and talked about food for twenty minutes. So, so now. when's when's your spin-off, Touching Eats? <laughs> I still, I still think we need to do a food challenge. We need to do. We a, do. Uh, uh, what? What fried chicken is the best fried chicken in oh, yeah. the thing? But year just- four. So we're we're like half an hour in already, and we've done nothing but talk about food. Uh, how was your week? <laughs> I've not been at work. So I'm, that's what uh, I mean. I was hoping that you're going to be exciting this week and not be. I've been busy. Sleep. I was I was talking to my friends online the other day, um, and I can't remember what it was they said, but it was basically like along the lines of it was a, a meme along the lines of um, even when you're not busy. You're, You're busy. still busy, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, feeling slightly cooled out here because I've I've had a week off this week, and I've done I've been busier this week than I would be if I was at work." I've noticed your complete <laughs> lack of being online. Yes, yeah. I've just I'm every like, day I'm like, it's another day he's not been online. You can clearly life. tell he's not sat at his computer for work. <laughs> no, he's I've, off I've, living I've life. I've been offline. The machine's been shut yeah. down until like the evenings. Did you Did you notice my front steps? I did. Glowing in the sun because I spent like an hour and a bit yesterday pressure washing them. I wouldn't say glowing in the sun. I think that big jungle that's growing next to it is is offering some shade. Amy said she was going to trim that, so I am I am holding her to her word, and I'm refusing to do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, I know with some feet, like works on my crotch. <laughs> Go away, Bush. <laughs> Be gone, Bush. <laughs> I actually, also, also if think I was like you, a fox living in there as well at, at the moment. At this point, I would just leave. I would leave it here. It offers all kinds of like privacy through that front window. Well, was. that's what we were discussing this before. And when we've cut it right away down, anybody walking along, yeah, the street anyone just casually glancing, and it's conf- it's it's distracting when I'm sat there in the armchair, which is right by the window. Yeah. If I'm watching the TV, all I can see is people walking past out of my peripheral vision. Yeah. So having it slightly grown works because it, it basically likes external net curtains. Um, but as it is at the moment, it's a little bit berserk because we haven't done anything with it basically at all this year. Well, the layout of my house, if I'm like downstairs in the living room, it's at the back of the house. Yeah. So no one can see in. And if I'm upstairs in my room, well, my curtains are permanently shut. Your curtains shut. are permanently shut <laughs> so anyway. I, no one can see in. So I have all the privacy I could want. <laughs> like, 
I often drive like to my brother's. As I was telling you the other day when we were driving back from Ash, like looking mm. at all the nice houses. And I'm like, some of these houses are like seven, eight hundred grand. Mm. And they look lovely. But they are directly on a main road. On the main road. Constantly yeah. busy. Well, I'm like, I would not I'd rather have like a tinier, like four hundred grand house that was set know, back. Yeah, set back. So people or, weren't or constantly a, driving. On a past smaller my road house. sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Rather than yeah, and being on the main road like that, you have to ha- you have to clean the house as yeah. well because of all the Everyone's shit from the cars be, yeah. and everything. Um, it just gets dirtier. I, I am jealous that they've all got gates though. I, th- yeah. yeah, that is that is my lifetime goal is to get a house with, with a gate. gate. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean like a little fucking garden gate. I no, mean no, a proper no. double proper, gated yeah. community, not community, but like that yeah. sort of thing. So you can just press the button as you're driving up to it, and the gates open. Exactly. That's what I want. That's how I know I've made I've made yeah. it when I've got my gated house. <laughs> now, if I'm going to buy some land, put a gate. On. <laughs> <laughs> and a caravan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've made it. <laughs> I've made it. I've got a gate on my property. <laughs> <laughs> be like it's about 10 square foot I'm like, give a fuck we give a fuck it's Got gated gate and a fence <laughs> no one can get to me you can't open the gate because it hits the tent yeah. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. I am a success. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> right now, I'd, no, I'd be quite happy with just a tent, to be fair. <laughs> Told you, I'm setting one up in the garden for the, for the party, yeah. renting out per hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you mates rates. Mates rates. Who am I going to get in that tent? Really? Like, Do you have to ask? <laughs> <laughs> you and Amy is about the only people I want to no, get. No, the pimp and Roxanne are coming. They've already pre-booked three hours worth. <laughs> can you give me the, the times that they've booked so I can turn up after? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're paying me extra not to do that. I just rolled into your party at like 10 past 11 when everyone's trash and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've already paid me a non-refundable deposit, so. How annoyed do you think people, like, because I know you wouldn't be, but how annoyed do you think people would be if I turned up to your house yesterday, tomorrow afternoon Hung out all afternoon and then went home 10 minutes before the party. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't show my face again. It's just like, you know, see you later, guys. Have a good time. I've, I've, had, I've had my quality time with Rooney. It's your turn now. <laughs> no, because uh, you got you got to talk to Mr. and Mrs. Vanilla. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. They're, they are. You've got, you, you're, you're a host. You're, you're like primarily responsible. I, for these people turning up to my house, so you've got to do your host duties. I can't not come to a party <laughs> with my four best friends. Yeah, you know, so. and the pimp of Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, really, guys. <laughs> Sorry, my five best friends. <laughs> Sorry, Warren. <laughs> Why? Wow, he's, he's never jumped online and gone after my nose. No, that's times. true. That's true. Well, it's just a really good job that uh, that this this episode goes out after the party. <laughs> So look forward to next week to the first half of the episode being us recounting what happened to Reggie at the party. Editor Reggie might turn up <laughs> on Tuesday and just be like, fuck you all. <laughs> Told you I do not want your attention. Editor Reggie's going to turn up and just be like, well, no, just cut all of that out. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're not doing any, like, let's recall shit this year. No. Because that was... Uh, that was... It was fun. Yeah. But by the time we did it, I was already trashed. <laughs> yeah. Everyone couldn't form words properly, yeah. and then someone dropped your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, look at it. 
Uh, do you know how many times I've dropped this, right? I've dropped this down <laughs> metal stairs. I've dropped this 20 foot and hit concrete floors. Nothing. Nothing. Gets dropped to your party, big crack on the back. <laughs> it was dropped with intent, clearly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dropped from. Oh, so this is Reggie's? Yeah. Smash! Yeah. Didn't prepare any questions from me, did he? What's that, what's the, uh, that Lonely Island song? So I threw it on the ground. I, no reference to that. So. I'm not part of your system. Oh, God. Tomorrow night, you're bright. Can you do that? Oh, my God. I've got stop. to put that on the playlist. Where's, your... where's not... uh... I don't care what you play. Just start throwing your arms around like that. Oh, yeah, if that brilliant. song comes on. <laughs> <laughs> threw it on the ground. I've been really struggling with the playlist this year. Because normally there's a theme. Yeah. And I put in the theme music... And then I build the rest of it out around that. But because this isn't, it's just like, okay, well, this is just music I like to listen to. But most people aren't going to want to spend, like, four hours listening to the music I like to listen to. So I'll have them mix it up. I'll be upset if Summertime by Will Smith's not on there. <laughs> That's all I want to hear at your parties. As soon as that comes summertime. on, good, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if I've added that. So Drums, I'll, I'll take a note. please. <laughs> <laughs> that song just... Slap. Signifies <laughs> he slaps, yeah, but it signifies summer to me. Once I've heard that, I'm like, Once you've yeah, heard that, yeah. It's like the the Coke Christmas advert for summer. <laughs> Once I've heard that, I'm like, okay, summer's here now. Yeah, yeah. we can we can officially start but it's officially shorts weather, even though it's probably not. Well, I have been binging a lot of TV this week. Oh. I This watched- explains why you've lost the healthy glow you had when we recorded <laughs> yeah. um on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not that pink anymore, that. I am. Yeah. yeah you're brown. I'm oh, peeling. you're peeling. I'm peeling everywhere, yeah. My goodness. I watched Andor. Have you seen it yet? I have not, no. Oh, my God. It's the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. <laughs> I wrote that on Facebook yesterday, and some people argued my point by saying Mandalorian was better, but I do not agree. <laughs> Little Smith me uh, has made me go, is going to, is making me not make Lil Smithy suggested I watch I watched Rebels. And I was like, yeah, Rooney Nash kicked telling me to watch it. And he's like, it's the best thing since the original trilogy. He's like, season one's slow, but season two really gets going. Season two was good. Season three or season four when they went to Mandalore. That's where I lost interest because they right. fucked. Yeah. They fucked with my law, man. Okay. I don't well, like it. I'll let you take that up with Lil Smithy. Oh, but, yeah, uh, I've discussed this with him many a time. I fucking loved Andorham. It is so good. It's like... I've been trying to figure out how I would describe it all week, but mm. I've come like, and before I say this, let me just disclaimer: I fucking love comic books. If you went into my house, you'd see oh, way yeah. too many comic books for a 41 year old man, right? <laughs> I am not no. disparaging comic books, but Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, Mandalorian, they're comic books. Yeah. And or is a novel. Yeah. Like Mandalorian. I fucking love it. I watched season three before I watched Andor. And whilst lots of people, Told me it was going to be underwhelming. I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen season three. But it's surface level and kind of shallow and there's no real stakes. And if Grogu wasn't in it, I don't think 90% of the people watching it would watch it. The only people who were watching it would be us and the Mando Mercs. (laughs) But Andor is basically Rogue One. Yeah. Spread out over like 12 episodes. Yeah. It's a a war series. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. But there's stakes, there's character development, there's depth. (laughs) Like the way I. Do you want me to like give mild spoilers? Are you worried? I'm not that worried. I think I've already had mild spoilers. The way that they introduce characters at the beginning, 
and send them all off around the galaxy doing their own things, but managed to weave them all back into the very last episode. Yeah. Like, not just for the sake of it. Like, they all have a reason to be in that yeah. last episode. It's genius. Like, there's one episode, I think it's like episode five or six, but um, Cass and Andrew has to go and do this job. And mm. I'm going to leave it at that, right? <laughs> if it was in The Mandalorian... <laughs> It would have been 12 minutes. It would have been act three of one episode. They would have gone in, got out, done. Yay. <laughs> but they dedicated an entire episode just to this yeah. this one job. And I was just like, it happens in almost real time. <laughs> so it's like you feel as tense as they are going in and doing yeah. it. And you're really worried about whether they're going to get <laughs> out or not. Whereas when I'm watching like Mandalorian, I'm like, Oh, he's about to go and do the job. That means I can like check out for 10 minutes and it'll be the end of the episode. Because I know he's coming out of it. You know he's coming out of it because... <laughs> Ultimately, I know that he's going to get in trouble and Grogu's going to save him with a force. So... There'll be some some yeah. fucking Deus Ex. Grogu will do yeah. some force shit or another Mando will show up or Ahsoka or Beskar will develop another new yeah. property that no one hitherto knew about. I am also willing to back down on how much I hate Book of Boba Fett because after you were like, <laughs> really enjoyed it. It's really fun. Enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I went back and rewatched it, and I was like, <laughs> still hate the mods. Yeah, they were but, bullshit. And I still kind of feel like Boba Fett as a character got screwed over, having to give like two episodes to two Mando, Mando yeah. Luke, Ahsoka. But I can now see why they did that. Yeah, because I think at the end of season two of Mando, when he gave Grogu away, I think there was only ever going to be one more Mando series. Yeah. And he was going to go off, do his Mandalore thing, and end wherever he was going to end. But then they announced the film. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I think somebody realised that they can make a billion dollars. Make a billion dollars. If they released a Mandalorian film. Yeah. But in order to kind of do that, they had to bring Grogu back. Yeah. So... I think Book of Boba Fett was like, look, here's a small budget. Go make that and, you know, undo, that, undo what you did. Undo what we did there, yeah. <laughs> so you can bring it back in this season. Retcon. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a real-time retcon when I realised how much money they could make. I, it's also it's also quite clever on the, a marketing ploy. Yeah. Because if you want to know why things the way they are are the way they are at the start of season two, yeah. you've got to have watched Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And yes, you could just watch that little two-episode bit, but then... What the Mando's doing yeah. with Fennec Shand and Fett doesn't make any sense unless no. you've watched the rest yeah. of it. So you have to watch that series as well. So they're like, ah, you want to see this? Uh, you want to see what Ahsoka's doing? you got to watch this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. very Quite clever. clever. I mean, I think I said this a long time ago on uh, on Atajik. Like, I would scrap the entire sequel series mm. and then restart with a Mandalorian and build to the next trilogy using the characters that you've developed over all these different shows. Yeah. Because by the time you get to the film, everyone's invested in those characters, right? Same way that Luke works in Mando because people are already invested in him. Yeah. Ahsoka works in Mando because everybody's already invested in her off the back of Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, Cad Bane works in Mando because everyone's invested in him. Back of Clone Wars. So it would make sense. That you're not just going, ah, oh, we've got a whole new trilogy. Welcome to all these characters that no yeah. one actually gives a fuck about. So. And trying to get them emotionally invested in these characters. Without having the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, by the time that the emotional stakes start coming to play, um, the only real emotional stakes in The Force Awakens is 
well, where's Luke? Yeah. And and Han. Yeah. Getting killed by his own son. Hashtag spoilers. None of the new characters. Nobody cares about the new characters. And but, by that point in the film, you're supposed to have transferred your yeah. allegiance from one to the other. And everyone's just like, no, but Han Solo was cool. Yeah. You got just bland as fuck. And because they didn't have the time to introduce the new characters because they were so busy trying to like you know give time to the old characters yeah trying to milk the old characters they didn't give Ray enough time to actually you know learn to use the force nope that was one of the greatest things about the original trilogy that I didn't realise until I watched the sequel trilogy yes. is that Luke's not actually a Jedi until the beginning of Return of the Jedi yeah like in Star Wars he kind of has a tiny grasp of it yeah in Empire you see him training but it's not till the beginning of Return of the Jedi that he turns up as a Jedi, yeah. right? And you get to see him doing Jedi shit. And it's like yeah. he's spent two and a bit films yeah. up to that point, and arguably a novel in between. Yeah. Getting to that point, and you see him and you see him grow from this this naive farm boy to a Jedi. And it's like that's a satisfying payoff. Yeah, it's an Ray arc. goes a from proper fucking, character arc. Yeah. Ray, Ray turns goes from up fucking with- like from scavenger to Jedi. In half a film? Yeah. She's like, what's the force? Ten minutes later, she's like, I can... I can use the force. Yeah. And, oh, for fuck's sake. So you've on. not earned it. And then they... I guess people complained about that because they tried to retcon that at the beginning of uh, Rise of Skywalker where she's off with Leia training. But it's like, it's too late now. Yeah. Now it's too late. Act three. She, <laughs> she should have spent the other two films training. And then this is the film where she actually has her moment. Yeah. But, you know... When you got three different people making a trilogy, is that you're not really going to get that? Yeah, I mean, Lucas may have got his friends to make his films for him, but he oversaw yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He wrote the story; they made the film of the story he wrote, like, rather than Lawrence Kasdan had worked with him on uh, Indiana Jones yeah. as well. Like they had a good working relationship, and I'm pretty sure he would submit the script to, to George, and George would go. <laughs> Yay, nay, here's some notes. Back in the day, before before the expanded universe really blew up to what it was, everything went through George Lucas. Yeah. Nothing would get even even later on. Um uh what's his name? Steve Sansweet was responsible for making sure everything flowed and yeah. that something that happened in this book didn't overwrite something that happened in a previous book or was planned for something else, unless, you know, they decided they wanted to change the storyline. But um it all went through George Lucas. And even in later days, people would say, okay, this is the story I want to tell. This is what it involves. <coughs> and Lucas would get like the like abbreviated summary yeah. version and would say yay or nay on things. And he had like a team that worked yeah. with him who knew his vision yeah. and oversaw that. Yeah, like Dave Filoni. Yeah. Does now. Yeah. Yeah, basically, like like Filoni is now doing because they realized that if you're gonna have a universe like Star Wars, that everyone not and not just like obsessive fans like me but joe public yeah and people making it the bigger it gets the more people just understand it through osmosis yeah. they may not be reading all the novels and fully completely understand like you know fucking lightweights everything <laughs> but just through sheer osmosis of watching so much content yeah you're you like, learn about it yeah. and people become committed and dedicated to it and if you're going to do that you need someone overseeing it that has that same dedication yeah. and commitment because otherwise you get the sequel trilogy yeah and that causes a huge backlash and at the end of the day it's not really disney and the people sat at the top who made these decisions who bear the brunt of that backlash it's the actors and the people on the front line yeah. who bear the brunt of that and that's i mean 
it's not right anyway. They no. shouldn't, you know, attack attack the role, attack the writing, attack the the, the story direction. Yeah. Don't attack the people who are just that were just in it, being told what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah you may you not understand like- how directors work, right? <laughs> <laughs> they turn up and they tell the actors what to do, and if the actors don't do what they want them to do, they shout cut, and then they do it again. Yeah, Daisy Ridley <laughs> did not write the character of Ray. She no. did not direct the character of Ray. She literally just went there and played a role. What was her name? Rose. Rose Tico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor girl. Yeah. Just took a job in Star Wars. Took a job in Star Wars. I mean, that's like a dream come true. Yeah. And then basically she gets bullied off the internet. Her dream like, became a nightmare. Like cunts. And it's just, that's that's not right. It's not fair. Because uh, Rian Johnson. Because Rian Johnson is a prick. no idea how to write a second act. No. No. And oh, I don't think he wanted to. One of my favourite things, Star Wars related, is that documentary, Empire of Dreams, that was released when they re-released the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. About, I haven't seen that in years. Me neither. But it's about, it's on Disney Plus because mm. I've seen it come up. And yeah, I've, I've seen it stuff. suggested for me. But it's uh, it's about four hours long yeah. as well. I, I think, think that's why I yeah. haven't seen it a but, second time. Like in that, you it backs up what you were saying because they're making the prequel trilogy mm. and you see George Lucas walking <laughs> around. He's like, I've got this character. He needs to be this. What have you got for me? And people are like, Here's the 50 character designs we've done. And he goes through and he's like, well, I like that part and I like that part. Yeah. And you actually see it in real time that whilst there's a whole big creative team, they all do their job and then wait for George Lucas to walk in the room and go, yay or no. That's why it works. Yeah. Because you had all of these very different inputs all being unified through this one focal point. So it was all his vision. So everything gelled. Yeah. Even like the more outlandish stuff. It all gelled. It, I mean, in, in the EU, you had the Yuzhang Vong invasion, which was a galaxy-changing thing. This whole big, like, 13, 14 book arc. Um, and it it's the one where they kill off Chewbacca. Yeah. Finally. Um, that's not finally, like, it's a good thing, but yeah. it's like they finally killed off a main character sort yeah. of thing. Um, and it was totally out of the blue because all bets are off, yeah. you know, and the whole thing changes. Well, the minute that happens, you're suddenly like, fuck, if they're going to do that. If they can kill Chewie, what's... And, and it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Stakes. It's kind yeah. of like the first time in Game of Thrones that a character that has been a protagonist for six episodes suddenly gets suddenly killed gets out of nowhere. Suddenly killed, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, all rolls are off. Anybody could die. Don't but, get don't get attached to anyone. <laughs> but it worked, because yeah. once again, although there were was just like a massive series with various different writers, there was at least half a dozen different writers yeah. involved in it. Um, but again, it was all channeled through Lucas. So even yeah. though this was something completely different, it still felt like Star Wars yeah. because it was all coming through the same person. Now you've got Dave Filoni effectively filling that same role. Yeah, Dave Filoni is always... I mean, him and, and Lucas are like that yeah. anyway. They're fucking BFFs. Lucas is his mentor, isn't it? Yeah. Have you seen that meme where it says um, Disney got rid of the expanded universe, but Dave Filoni's bringing it back bringing one it back. character at a <laughs> yeah. time. And it's so true. It is. It is because it is, I keep seeing announcements of these characters and I'm like... Oh yeah, I should really reread the book that that person's yeah. in. <laughs> Filoni's in charge of this one. You got you got to know because you're using good characters. It's like <laughs> I never ever ever thought I'd see a live action Cad Bane, but when Cad Bane turned up on screen, I was like, and it worked so well. Oh my god, this is fucking brilliant. I hate to say it, but the live action Cad Bane looks better than the live action Ahsoka. Yeah. And I know there yeah. are real world considerations. Yeah. She couldn't have the massive brain tails. No, 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 because it. Just physically not possible in the real world. Yeah. But yeah, Cad Bane turning up was awesome. Just, he was always one of my 
favourite characters in Clone Wars. Like I thought, I thought they used him just enough, just enough that he would come in and be ominous and then disappear again. And the fact that he could he could square off against Jedi, yeah, and and get away with it, which is not something you see very often in Star Wars. No, so when he appears in in Mandalorian and just comes walking in, you're like, oh, <laughs> and it just murks Cobb yeah. Vanth, yeah, just out of nowhere, <laughs> and you're like, that's the Cad Bane I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, we've waffled about we've waffled for nearly an hour. Do you know that? Yeah, good. Because <laughs> I got an I got an entire intro plan, but about ten minutes into talking, I was just like, I don't want to do that. I just want to catch up. It's it is good. reassuring to see that we can still. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed listening, but this is the first time in weeks where we've kind of gone back to the old format of yeah. just me and him sat in a room talking about a film. <laughs> and that's kind of why about ten minutes into this, I was just like. You know what? I don't need to don't pick need up that. Yeah. Let's just. Uh, let's, I did wonder. Yeah. Let's just let people catch up with us. <laughs> I don't. I don't want this to come across the wrong way yeah. because I, I I thoroughly enjoy doing uh, uh, guest episodes and the other different stuff. Do you know what? I did exactly the same thought a week, which was like I was desperate to do something different. <laughs> And then we did five weeks of different, and now I'm really excited to just get back in the it's, room. It is nice to be back doing yeah. what, what, we, what do. we do, basically, yeah. what we've been doing for like... What we did for 150 three episodes, yeah. Yeah, basically. Just, I mean, is, there is more stuff coming up, so brace yourself for that, people. This is my comfort zone. This is a comfort zone. I, I think it was because I only... I thought we were going to detour for like two weeks, yeah. two, three weeks, <laughs> and then suddenly we detour for like five, and I was like... I don't miss just sitting in our own bullshit. We need to we need to break it up yeah. in future. Make sure that we get one of these in yeah. between. <laughs> so we did watch a film this week. We did. We watched a film this week. Would you like to tell our erstwhile listeners what we did? What we 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 watched Ant Man. We did indeed. We went back to the MCU. Yeah, I have to say I was discussing this last night with uh, Richie because I watched this film last night, did my notes and everything, and I was chatting with Richie last night. And uh, I said, yeah, I watched I said, be honest, at this point, the MCU is becoming a bit of a slog. Oh, really? Oh, well, I watched them over the course of years yeah. as they came out. And now we've watched, what film is this? Like, fucking nine? Well, this this one brings to end uh, Phase 2. Phase 2, yeah. This is the last film in Phase 2, yeah. So, and we've watched them all, one a month, <laughs> for the last God knows how many months. And I'm kind of like, there's a lot of MCU. And I'm watching it with far too much regularity. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologise in advance for next week. What's next week? <coughs> uh, or next next month? Uh, no, next week. Next week? <laughs> Civil War. Oh, Lord. No, I like Civil War, actually. I See, I'm a, I've got a different perspective, and that is that, like, as I said to you before we start recording... This is one of their Marvel films. I saw once at the cinema. I was like, mm. yeah, it was all right. I know what's going on. I'm ready for the next one now. Yeah. And then I never, ever really went back to it. Mm. And I don't know why, because I'm sat there last <laughs> night watching it like, this is fucking brilliant. Oh, it's a really good film. But then I think I, back in them days, I was severely depressed and viewing <laughs> everything through my shit cover glasses. Yeah. So I was probably like... Yeah, it was alright. It's not great, you know. It's a bit fun. No one's that fun. No one has that much fun in yeah, real life. A bit fun, a bit silly for me. <laughs> I need something serious, dark and serious. Now I'm happy. I'm like, wow, I've got a whole new lease of life, a whole new <laughs> like understanding of fun, silly shit, and I really enjoyed it. But so, like for the Dark World, this and some other films we've covered. It's like watching them for the first time again, yeah. almost. So I don't mind, and I'm also one of these people that would rather 
binge the entire thing in two weeks <laughs> and then never wa- not watch it again for like five years. What, what blows my mind is that there are people who will sit and watch all of these films before going to see the latest release. Yeah. That's and at this lot. point, that's that's days. When they bought out Infinity War or Endgame, I can't remember what it was. I don't know if they did it in this country, but they definitely did it in America where you could pay like $100. And watch and all you the, have, yeah, get your seat the and they, throw, they showed them all and it ended with whatever that whichever yeah. film it was. And uh, there's this guy called Mark Bernardin who does uh, Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith. And he went to do it because he was writing for some Hollywood Entertainment, entertainment yeah. whatever it's called. And so he went to do it so he could do an article on it. And he was just <laughs> like, I came out and my back was killing me. My brain was killing me. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even enjoy like the last film because by the time I don't show the others, yeah. it's just so tired. That's but a slog. It's like 48 hours in a cinema. I couldn't do it. That, no, Jesus. I can barely sit, sit still for two hours. Yeah, I get to the end of two hours yeah. and I'm like, oh God, my spine. Yeah. I, have to, I have to pee after I threw just one yeah. up and <laughs> But I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. And my only recollection going in was that his friends were funny. Yes. That's my only memory I've got. (laughs) Aside from Paul Rudd's in it, Michael Douglas is in it. That's all I remember. And so it was, again, it was like watching the film for the very first time. But his friends weren't as funny as I remember. As you remember. (laughs) No. And I think that's because, like, I'm appreciating everything else and not just focusing on like, oh, they're funny. Yeah. Because they are funny, but in my mind, they're way funny. I like, I'm going to say it now. There's a man that's, you know, sat and talked about many, many MCU films. I'm probably <laughs> going to get uh, <laughs> kicked out of the MCU fan club for this, but <gasps> I enjoy that man, but not enough that I went and watched that man and wasp or quantum mania. I've not seen them. I think that the back of this. Wasp. On the back of this, I will be going to watch them. I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. I haven't seen Quantumania yet no. because I haven't caught up yeah. that far. <laughs> I basically watched um, Endgame and then Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And that's that's as far as I've, yeah, I've I got. Because uh, I, I enjoy the Spider-Man films. Oh, I They're love good the Spider-Man. They're almost Didn't like the first one, but that second one, the second mm. one is really, really Night good. Night Monkey. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 yeah. The one where they... Travel, like go to Venice. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. The first one I was in. But then again, by the time we get to it, I'm probably going to be like, this is fucking brilliant. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what, that seems to be a recurring theme here. Yeah. yeah. This one was all right. Oh, no, it's fucking brilliant. Mm. Apart from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Fuck Guardians, fuck of, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Fuck Chris Pratt. I have to admit, after Endgame, I was kind of like, I would end it here. Yeah, I, I was, I was kind of like, no, I'm kind of done. I know actually. it's a cash cow, and I know you can carry on forever because you've got the IPs and everything else, but I don't need any more after this. Like, that is the pinnacle yep. of MCU cinema. I don't know how you're going to top it or anything. I think you would have to go away for five years to make everybody, like, Forget, desperate almost. and hungry yeah and then you can start again you can bring it all the way back down and build back up but yeah. just rolling into a whole load of new stuff it's like i care about them it characters all cares. it all feels a little bit kind of subpar yeah they can be amazing films but you've got like Off this the- whole fucking build up yeah to end game or oh, oh, infinity war yeah. and then infinity war left us all like oh my god empire strikes back vibes yeah and then you have this this massive fucking spectacle 
spectacle of a film yeah. and then we're supposed to be excited about Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I mean, let's, let's face it, Endgame is probably the biggest spectacle ever committed to film. Yeah. It and was um, decades of at work. At this point, yeah. Culminating, anyway, yeah. yeah. It's it's incredible what they did. But anyway, we're talking about Ant-Man. We're right? talking about Ant-Man, yeah. yes. <laughs> We've got a little while to give it until we get to Endgame. Yeah. So, obviously, I have trivia. And obviously, because it's an MCU film, I have loads of it. Yeah. It was released on the 17th of July, 2015. Had a budget of 130 million US dollars. Huh. At the box office, it made 519.3 million US dollars. Is that it? They only made like 389 million. Yeah. Well, that man's a lesser. Yeah, but Paul Rudd's in it. Yeah, that's probably why they made the That was my first thought million. when I put it on last night. I bet Kevin Feige was like, right, ladies. If you don't like Chris Evans, <laughs> if he's not your type, if Chris Hemsworth's not your type, if Robert Downey Jr. is not, not your, your type, type, i got Paul Rudd for you. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're hitting all the yeah. fucking targets. you got, obviously, you got Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pratt, because yeah. I know some people will enjoy that. Uh, what's his, uh, Loki? Oh, uh, yeah, Loki. Loki, whose <laughs> name we can't remember. And they're just like hitting all these fucking yeah. key targets. Like, hmm, okay, there were still some parts of the audience not leaving wet stains on the seat. Paul fucking Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm shocked that it only cost 130 million, though. Really? I really am. Compared to some of the films we've seen with like 200 million yeah, budgets, right? The fact that they did all those special effects. Like, this film doesn't work if you can't shrink yeah. and resize people. Like, the majority of, a lot of this film, like, I'd say at least half of it has special effects yeah. at some point or another. So to do all that, for only $130 million plus, you know, pay the cast, all the other... All the other shit that goes into making a film. I'm thoroughly impressed they made this on 130 Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that is actually quite I know I means a lot of money, but not in this context. Not in this context. When you're talking about a Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe It's film. relatively cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by Peyton Reed. Reed yeah. sorry. Uh, produced by Kevin Feige. Screenplay by Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, and Paul Rudd. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't know until last night Paul Rudd yeah. was credited, but I know for years Edgar Wright was pushing for this. He must have yeah. written it. I've got I've got a whole bunch of notes oh, on, on Edgar Wright right. and, and his involvement on this. I'll let you elucidate, <laughs> elucidate the listeners on Edgar Wright. Uh, based on Ant-Man by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber and Jack Kirby. Yep. Uh, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Bobby Canna- Cannavale, Michael Peña, uh, Tip Harris, Anthony Mackie, Wood Harris, Judy Greer, and Michael Douglas. Which one of them is the real name for T.I.? Dave. Uh, Tip Harris. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to include that, but I was like, I'm, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. You took me so. half the film last night to figure out. I was like, I fucking know you. <laughs> and then half I was like, I was T.I. That's why I'm so like, I do not like your music. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the last film, as we said earlier, in the MCU Phase 2. Yeah. Um, I think originally it was supposed to be the first film in the MCU Phase 3, but they decided to change oh, the okay. phasing. Um, the Falcon's role in the plot came about after Adam McKay and Paul Rudd went to see Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. And you've just blown a squishy skull across the room again. Sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> There's a microphone there. It's not me. It was me this time. This time. Uh, so they went to see Captain America Winter Soldier and fell in love with the character. 
They casually suggested working him into the plot, and Kevin Feige informed them that it would actually make perfect sense, since Falcon was now living at the New Avengers compound as of Age of Ultron. Yeah. So that's why we get that whole thing. I like that. Cropping up. I'm not the biggest fan, right, of the very last line where he's like, I re- really hope Cap doesn't find yeah, out. Yeah, it's really that. important to me that Cap never finds out I'm about like, this. Oh, that felt a bit flat for me, but aside from that, that entire <laughs> sequence is really it's brilliant. Good, yeah. Um, at first, the film was meant to focus on the original Ant-Man, Hank Pym. Yeah. However, Pym developed several personalities in the comics, one of whom abused his girlfriend, and producers decided he was not family-friendly. Yeah, he's kind of... It was all right with Tony Stark when they made Iron Man, but by the time we got to Ant-Man, I think the world had started uh, yeah. shifting a little bit. Yeah. And even though it's, it's a tenuous link, because until I wrote these notes, I didn't, didn't know, know about no. that. If you're not a comic book fan... You don't You're know. not going to know that. And at the but end of the day, they've they've taken pains to stress that the MCU characters aren't, are yeah. separate to the comic book. But versions. in a world where you've got so many, like you know, comic book slash yeah geek platforms on the internet, where people could be writing essays, yeah. and elucidating someone the wider like IO9 would go MCU is supporting wife beaters. Exactly. Yeah. It's you kind of got savvy. Yeah, you got you can't protect yourself before you do it. <laughs> um, according to Michael Douglas, the costume for Paul Rudd had to be altered because of his muscles. Rudd had gone on an extensive training and workout regimen in order to build the proper muscle size for a superhero. Yeah. But Rudd had become so muscular, they had to soften his costume up for him to actually be able to move in it. Okay, like, Paul Rudd just looks like Paul Rudd. I'm he sure is, if he took his top off. <laughs> well, it was a shot of him where he's tending his wounds. Oh, yeah. Getting, oh, yeah. Sorry, um, I forgot about that. He yeah. Does, yeah, he that does. wasn't originally, that wasn't a, a planned thing. It was oh, no, that was like. they saw yeah. how much work he's done, there was like, take top off. Yeah. Yep. yep. Stand in the sunlight. Yeah. That's the money shot. Now, what, what was it we were talking, there's another film we were talking about where there's just one pointless top. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like... That's a Ghost Rider moment. Yeah. Uh, in addition to getting in shape, with the help of a trainer and weights, Paul Rudd worked with a gymnast. Rudd said of using a gymnast, I knew I was going to have to do rolls and flips and things like that. I just wanted to be as convincing as possible. Yeah. You can see it when he's doing the fight training scenes and they're throwing each other around yeah. on the mats. But... They're very, very, very clever when they do the first break-in scene. Mm. As he walks to the camera and the camera <laughs> changes and you kind of lose his face to the hood. Yeah. And you know that that's the point of the free run. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's well done, though. It's seamless. Very well done. It's a very simple trick. Yeah. But it's, but it's a very effective trick. Seamlessly done. Uh, Michael Douglas joked about his being made younger through CGI, saying he felt like doing a prequel to one of his earlier films. Seeing myself CGI'd at the beginning of the movie, 30 years younger, was incredible. I had these little dots all over my face, and I'm looking at it, and halfway through the scene, the picture it just appeared, and there I was 30 years ago, romancing the stone. I'm thinking I'm all for a prequel. <laughs> and i got to say, I would love to see a prequel to Romancing oh, the Stone, because that I, film's brilliant. I need to watch Romance. I haven't seen that. I'm adding that to, to the list. 15, 20 years, I think, but it was brilliant. But I'm just going to burn one of my notes now, because it's a bit of a pointless note. It just says... Michael, du- Michael, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah>. Scottish. Taller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in Scottish. Taller talk of, of Loch Ness yeah. last week. Michael Douglas. Looks so fucking young. It does. Yeah. And it's done so well. Like, that's the thing. In this, he looks perfect, right? But when you look at some of the, 
the earlier versions mm. of this when it's like young Tony Stark. Yeah. Not as good or just, you know, complete CG Luke. Yeah. Not as good, but here, here. for him, that it's was, almost yeah, flawless. Spot on. Yeah. They, they've kind of perfected that that technique, or at least with Michael Douglas's face. I love, like, the most important part of that scene is that Stark's in it and he's saying no to Stark. Yes. Right? Because, I'll burn another note. Mm-hmm. I love how they spend 10 seconds telling you why the Avengers aren't coming. Yes. And the whole point is, I spent all these years trying to keep this away from Stark. I'm not going to let I'm not going to hand it over to one now. And it's re- that 10 seconds works and is reinforced because of that first Because scene. of that earlier scene. Yeah. I love the fact that when he has that argument with Stark at the beginning, mm. um, after the argument when he when he slams Matey into the yeah. desk, uh, Stark is like, no, I mean, you said it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, no, leave Hank Pym alone. He's yeah. not worth it. And it's like, it's nice to see there is a, a modicum of respect oh, yeah. between these two mega geniuses. Yeah, of, exactly. Because the they both, they may not like each other on a personal level. Yeah. But they can't not respect yeah. the other person's like career. And- Which I, I was going off on a tangent here because we haven't been off on one in, in ages. Um, <laughs> I mean, our entire intro was a tangent. <laughs> yeah, but people wouldn't know if we hadn't told them that. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see that being represented on on effectively a world stage yeah. because it's very important for people to acknowledge that although you may not like someone personally that doesn't mean that you can't be you can't respect them i've always said i hate arsenal football club and i do not like arsene wenger but i cannot uh, i re- think it's pronounced wenger wenger <laughs> dickhead um i cannot not respect him for you know, changing British football and for achieving everything he did as Arsenal manager. Mm. I might not like him, but I have to respect him. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's important to 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 recognise that, you know, people can do that. Just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you have to treat them like a dick and, here's a, and demean here's, what they do. Here's a question for you. What percentage of the people watching this film do you think would have even noticed that or taken that away? Oh, Christ, less than 1%. If they didn't already know it before they watched the film. Yeah, yeah. a very small percentage. Yeah. That's why I'm hoping we can we can Elucidate. open people's eyes yeah. and they will see this and go, oh, no, yeah, no, that's a good point. It also works the other way. Just because you... Um, like someone doesn't mean you have to Doesn't mean you have them. to necessarily respect what they do. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't think the whole girls in cages thing is cool. But, you know, I yeah. like you and I respect you as a person, so... Touche. I don't think the whole butt plug thing is cool, but you know, there I'll we go. Person, Save people. So I'll let you go on with it. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. That's be, what be the change you want to see in the <laughs> world, people. <laughs> be the butt plug you want to see in your significant <laughs> other. Be the cage. No, be no, the cage. No, don't. <laughs> be the newspaper in the cage. <laughs> I'll get you in trouble. I'll get you in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> Stick to the butt plug. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Scott's brief work at Baskin Robbins was originally going to be at Chipotle. Okay. But the company did not like their negative portrayal. The filmmakers considered Jumba Juice, then settled on Baskin Robbins after realising that the bright colours would be a funny contrast to the dark prison opening. I just, what negative connotations of like, what, we're going to sack someone because they've been I think it's just because it's like, he's like, oh, I've got a degree in electrical engineering, I'll be okay. And then he's working there. Hi, would you like a mango fruit blast? Yeah, but it's that's, demeaning, is what they're saying. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with like his intelligence or what he's capable of. That's because he spent three years in prison. Yes, 
Uh, but by the, the way, the, it's it's a demeaning job, is what they're trying to. He to spent put three years in San Quentin, which in the real world is a maximum security prison for the worst of the worst. It doesn't make any sense that he would be in there. Well, they would never send a non-violent violent no. offender, but they had to have him in San Francisco, and that is the closest. And that's prison. the closest yeah. prison. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't have to make sense. It's the MCU. No, yeah. um, Michael Douglas com- explained why he took the role of Hank Pym, saying. Most importantly, I did Cha-ching. it for my I did it for my children. <laughs> They're so excited. I finally got a picture that they are so excited about. Dad is cool. You have to understand, for most of my career, I've done so many R-rated pictures. They can never see any of my movies. Just recently, at 14 and 12, they're becoming more aware of some of the things I've done. So this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aside you look from at like, his back catalogue. Yeah. And it's all like <laughs> thrillers instinct. and drama. Yeah, fucking yeah. basic instincts. <laughs> And it's like, that's not something you want your 14 and 12-year-old watching. Wall Street, where he's just the most despicable man on the planet. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, no. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm doing a superhero movie and yeah. I'm a good guy. Yeah. And my kids can watch it. It's so kind of almost like that moment Louise has later. He's like, are we the good guys? Are we the good guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feels a bit weird. <laughs> but um, I'm sure there was a cha-ching involved as well i would imagine yeah. so yeah i'm sure he didn't come he, he didn't do it for free oh god <laughs> michael douglas didn't do anything for free uh, he's michael fucking douglas except eat pussy except eat Catherine zeta jones's pussy yeah. and get throat cancer <laughs> <laughs> carcinogenic <laughs> flaps mate um to be fair i'd get throat cancer for a chance oh, to eat mate, pussy. i'd let her sit on my face for 24 hours straight <laughs> i don't give a fuck <laughs> We don't need no fucking MCU marathon. We need a Catherine Zeta Jones on my face marathon. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was not in keeping with year four. <laughs> she doesn't even need to get me off. I'd just be quite happy. She'd just be quite happy. Yeah. Pleasure her. <laughs> You'd come out of your face looking wrinkled up like a ball bag. <laughs> come out looking like the elephant man with all the, all the cancer. <laughs> I thought you said pussy juice was good for my complexion. <laughs> Yeah, you're just rubbing it into your crow's feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm down there so long, she's shaved, but it's growing back. It's growing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Right. Um, where was my notes? <laughs> oh, the, the, laser, <coughs> the laser sounds fired from Yellow Jacket's suit are the same sound as the main gun on an AT-80 being fired in the Star Wars movies. I knew I sounded familiar, but yeah. I couldn't pinpoint it here. I remember watching it for the first time and going, I know that noise. Yeah. That's a fucking AT-AT, or ATAT, as some people insist on calling them. Idiots. Yeah. Because if you call that an ATAT, then the ATST becomes an ATST. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense, motherfuckers. Makes less sense than Chewie living in the Ewok village. That really makes no sense. <laughs> if you think that, that makes no sense, you must acquit. <laughs> Posters for Pingo Doce, the Brazilian soda company Bruce Banner worked for in The Incredible Incredible Hulk in 2008, can be seen in the San Francisco scenes. I never. They're in the background. Yeah. I was looking for them and I was like, I think that's one of them. People have, you know, freeze frames oh, in this yeah, film, that, as like, they do. I would just never have known. I could never have put them the two no, together. No, there's a big gap between those two films, and it's, it's such a background thing in both of them. And let's be fair, I think I saw that Incredible Hulk film once when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. So. I've seen it a couple times. It's a good film. With my memory. Which one we talk about? The Edward Norton one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good film. Much darker than, obviously, yeah, the yeah, MCU yeah, yeah, yeah. ones, but no, I rewatched it a couple of years ago. Um, Dar- so would you say it's the Andor of the MCU? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would. There we go. It's, oh, it's go got Arwen in it as well. Ah. 
Um, Darren Cross jokes that the concept of a shrinking human sounds like a tale to astonish. Ant-Man made his debut in the comic Tales to Astonish, number 27, in January 1962. Darren Cross shrinks a chair as part of a demonstration. This was taken from the same comic where the first thing that Hank Pym shrank was a chair. Ah. <coughs> nice little nods in yeah. there, which I completely didn't get. But <laughs> I didn't get it, but now you've told me, my first thought is, you know, people cared about people. the film they were making. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they cared enough to go and find these things out and, and yeah. get them in there. Uh, Edgar Wright, a big fan of Ant-Man, proposed the film to Marvel in 2003, describing it as an action-adventure comedy, a cross-genre of action and special effects bonanza. He had been developing the movie since then, shooting a test reel and hiring the cast, and was close to beginning shooting on the movie. However, in 2014, he dropped out due to created differences with Disney, which had bought out Marvel Studios five years prior, and yeah, started meddling. I'd say creative difficulties if it was Kevin Feige coming in and being like, look, i got a plan. Yeah. You can make this film if you come and make if the you film that's going to fit film, plan. Yeah. But if you're not, oh, kind of, sorry. Sorry. He's our character. Um, although Edgar Wright dropped out of the movie, a large portion of the script he wrote is still in the story. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He's no. very well written, and I'm a big Edgar Wright fan, so... Yes. Yeah. Uh, whilst filming a scene with Michael Douglas, Paul Rudd attempted to reenact the famous interrogation scene with Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct. <laughs> Rudd ultimately failed with the attempt, resulting in Michael Douglas saying, What are you, a fucking pervert? <laughs> I can just imagine that because yeah. he'd have that proper grumpy old man look on his face. I imagine it would play out much like that scene right at the end where he's just like, I can't believe you grabbed me and kissed me. And he walked away. <laughs> and he's like, Scott, Scott you're, you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is in my top three favourite points of this moments in this film. Yep. And it means nothing. It's a total throwaway <laughs> line, but it, it, it's just brilliant. It just shows that relationship yeah. and the the, the, the the camaraderie in that little group. It, oh, it does actually play a part because it shows that whilst like they were kind of are almost at odds with each other for the majority yeah. of the film, they like they kind of won each other's affection. Yeah, they, they won, the end, won each other over by the end. Yeah, they got to this point where they could, you know, um, the ants were specifically designed to be less grisly and friendlier than in real life. Oh, I bet, yeah. Because, you know, ants in real life up close are scary yeah. motherfuckers. Um, I do want a dog-sized ant. I do want a dog-sized ant, much like you. I also want an army of ants that, <laughs> that can make do things <laughs> because my life would be so easy. Um, the ants were genuine... Gen- fuck my life. The ants were generally influenced by Saharan silver ants. They possess longer legs, can use their front legs as arms, and possess a fur coat that makes them look shinier and armoured. Interesting. Now, I'd never heard of... I learned a no. lot about ants yeah, whilst uh, researching yeah. my notes here. <laughs> Most of it didn't make it into my notes because I'm like, this is not a fucking anthropology podcast. I learned that there's more than one kind of ant. <laughs> Watching ant I, I knew about the bullet ants because Coyote Peterson did a whole series where he got bitten and stung by various different things working his way up the Schmidt okay. Kane inst- Index. And he did the bullet index one, and we all thought he was going to uh, the bullet ant one, and we all thought he was going to die when we I'll, watched that episode. I'll be honest; I've heard of carpenter ants before, so I knew that there were there were different versions of ants. Yeah. But watching this film, I was like, "Huh? I've only ever seen like one kind of ant <laughs> in my entire life, like in real life. We're just getting the normal boring old ants. Boring. In this we get red ones, but they're just basically the black ones. Yeah, in but red. I've not seen one of them for like twenty five years. Oh, I saw some last year. Oh, okay. Cody, oh, Cody discovered he can lift up the slabs in our garden 
and we find ants nests underneath. Oh, okay. So periodically throughout the summer, if he can't lift it, he gets me to go and do it for him. Oh, okay. Um, their movements were slowed down to make them feel like noble beasts rather than twitchy, creepy little yeah. fuckers. Um, the bullet ants were influenced by Ray Winston. <laughs> they were made to look heavier and their hairs were made thicker to resemble horns. I don't know why they decided that made them look more like Ray Winston, but apparently that was the inspiration when they were designing the, the CG models for them. Okay. Next note. Next note. <laughs> the crazy ants were influenced by puppies to act playful and peppy. Yeah. Um, Paul Rudd and the stuntmen wore actual Ant-Man suits, while Corey Stoll, who played Darren Cross, wore a motion capture suit, capture suit as the yellow jacket. The decision was made early on when creating and filming with a real yellow jacket costume was found to be impractical. Yeah, well, the Ant-Man costume is basically a cosplay costume, right? Yeah. Like, you could wear that, do all your own stunts, do everything. It's not yeah. going to go that bad. But that other one has got the big bits on the big back. big rig and all sorts, yeah. yeah. It's like an angry Iron Man suit. Yeah. And most of those in the later films are entirely so, CG. Yeah. Um, according to Evangeline Lilly, Hope's role was much smaller in Edgar, Edgar Wright's original drafts. It was beefed up significantly during rewrites with Lily providing ideas and input. Oh. Which is interesting because I don't see how it would work if she was well, a smaller... This is the the confusing part is that there's four people given writing credits, right? Yeah. But there's only two people credited for the story. Yes. So <laughs> whilst somebody wrote, rewrote the script, the actual story is the same. It's the same, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there must have been some in, interesting convoluted yeah. writing going on there. Uh, Scott's Baskin Robbins name tag says Jack, yeah. which is understandable considering he was hiding the fact he was just released from prison. Yeah. He then asks his co-worker, Darby, to take over at the register while he spends while he speaks to the manager. Jack and Darby are the names of Paul Rudd's children in real life. Oh, uh-huh. I love it. I love the fact that he says, Darby, can you take yeah, care of this idiot? <laughs> Uh, I, day- actually, I actually really like his boss. Now, I think <laughs> just his performance. Yeah, it's so it's, cringe. It is, but it's the, it's the perfect kind of angle for that character. Yes. To not be like angry and get out. It's just like, I'm really impressed. I'm going to have to sack you. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to sack you. because I mean, obviously you know, can't really keep you on after that. But, <laughs> but you're my hero. Yeah, totally off the books, off the record. Yeah. If you want to grab a mango fruit yeah. blast on the way out the door, say that I didn't see that. <laughs> I just, like, it's not even the first, second, or probably third choice for what that character should be. Yeah. So for them to do that, and it worked. It worked. It's brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, on the day that they filmed the sequence of Cross shrinking a lamb, when they broke for lunch, the caterer just so happened to be serving <laughs> lamb chops. <laughs> the cast and crew claimed it was a very awkward meal. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> the lamb was only like fucking four weeks old yeah. or something. Oh, and then like yeah. they do that scene, it disappears off set, and then it's lunchtime. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to burn another note as soon as we're talking about it. Like, I can't understand why. But when he shoots Jack in the toilet and he turns into mush, I feel nothing. When they do it to the goat, like my heart breaks. Why is that? Um, because people are shit yeah. and animals aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I, know, I just wanted you to say that. <laughs> uh, the yellow jacket armour is based on the GI Ant-Man armour from the Irredeemable Ant-Man comic. The suit's helmet also incorporates the facial features of Hank Pym's villainous robot, Ultron. 
Ah. If you look at that and compare it yeah. to the to Ultron's face, yeah. I do remember you telling us during Age of Ultron that in the comics, <laughs> Ultron was designed was, by Pym. It was Hank Pym yeah. that who created it, yeah. Uh, the preview for the first teaser was ant-sized, which is to say it's almost completely impossible to tell what's going on in it. Oh, okay. It's like a it's little tiny, tiny yeah. video. Uh, a human-sized trailer was released the following day. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that. I bet that was quite good because it would have raised... So much it would have gotten so much exposure because yeah. everyone would have been on Twitter going, Can't even fucking this? watch I'm it. See it. <laughs> so for 24 hours that would have been trending. Yeah. And then the, the actual trailer comes and it trends for another 24 hours. We also get to get a nice Zoolander reference in there. What is this? A trailer for ants? Oh, I've never seen Zoolander. Maybe not. No, there's something about the trailer that I was just like, nah, it's not funny. It's not great. It's not great. We won't we won't be covering it. I've, I've seen it like once. Ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller's. Ben Stiller's there with Adam Sandler. Is I do not understand what people say. In it. I like I like Ben Stiller when he's not being silly. Ben Stiller. But yeah, there's probably some films. Uh, with Meet him the Parents in. was good. Oh, actually, I did like that. Yeah. Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers. Yeah. That's it. Yes. I like that. And there are probably films he's in that I really like, but when I think of him, I'm instantly like, oh, no, I'd rather. What not. about Dodgeball though? I don't like it. I've seen it once. I don't oh, like mate, it. Dodgeball's brilliant. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> Isn't there Pirate Steve? Pirate Steve, played by Alan Tudyk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put it on the list. I'll probably uh, enjoy it if I watch it again. Yeah. Um, I, I just know, because when I worked, when I was a chef, like <laughs> that was probably 90% of people's favourite film. <laughs> So they would be constantly quoting yeah. that film and it would be lost on me. So. Yeah. I think Amy made me watch it because she quoted something. I was like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. And she made me watch it and I was like, no, actually, this is not bad. I quite like this. Okay. Um, Luis, played by Michael Peña, was based on a real-life friend of Peña, Pablo, who is a minor criminal and talks just as rapidly as Luis does. He, I'm going to burn another note, Jesus. We're going to have no notes. You can have no actually. notes, Christ. But I don't want to keep, you know, going over the same point, but he is my favourite character He's in this brilliant. film. He is the perfect levity. Like yes. every time you need to pop that tension bar bubble, you just bring, bring him on shot, let him talk <laughs> for 30 seconds and then get rid of him. And he does it. Like, But there's that bit when they're actually doing the job at the end and he knocks out that guy and he's just like, yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's what I'm talking about. That's an unfortunate casualty of a very serious operation. That's the first time I ever saw myself on screen in a Marvel film. And that's when I was like, there's a reason I like him because he's very much like me. He's, yeah. he's your Mary Sue. He is, yeah. Um, Peyton Reed originally wanted Rick Moranis, who's known for, for, for yeah. portraying Wayne Zelinsky in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. For uh, a cameo, but obviously Rick Moranis famously retired from yeah. Hollywood after his wife died. Um, and Didn't he retire to look after her? To look after yeah. his kids. Oh, his kids. Because he, he was like, I've made enough money. Uh, the kids need a parent. Yeah. The, my wife's not here, so yeah, fuck you, Hollywood. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's 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 some Billy Big Balls right there. Uh, there are very few people in Hollywood that would ever put their family above making more money. There are very few people in the world. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'm sad across. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Fuck my family. I want to be a millionaire. Um, the tank used in the film is a fully functioning Soviet T-34-85 that was sent to the US in 1991 as a goodwill gift by Mikhail Gorbachev. It was loaned to the movie set by the curators of the Military Veterans Museum in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The tank was used for 19 days of filming 
but the scene where it was shown being shrunk was later cut from the film. The real tank only appears for around nine seconds yeah. in the final cut. Do you know if there's a reason they used a Russian tank? Uh, no, I don't. Because it seems strange that if this film has been shot in America, they wouldn't use an American tank. T-34, Hank- when it comes to tanks, T-34 is, is a pretty famous tank. Yeah, but Hank Pym... Pim, Hank Pym strikes me as a, a pretty patriotic person who yeah. lost his wife to the Russians. So why would he... Uh, a Russian a missile. So why would he be <laughs> keeping a Russian tank on his keychain? I hadn't thought that. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. fucking cool, though. Yeah. It's a good little... Because they bring it up when... Ant-Man... Well, when... What's his face? Scott first breaks into his house and he gets the keys. Yeah. You see it, right? There are several shots throughout the film. Throughout the film. So they keep it going. So you know what it is. So as soon as that bit happens at the end and it goes it's not It's not really a key it's, it's a nice bit of foreshadowing that first time around I didn't even you pick know, up on no, you and then know. but on subsequent watches you're like uh, we know that's a real yeah. tank <laughs> I love the fact that when it crashes through the wall it's still got the keychain yeah. attached to the back it does I did wonder last night like they're all desperate to get that helicopter because that's where the yellow jacket is right yeah they got a fucking tank why don't they just shoot it out of the sky I mean it does assume that Every the tank sing- loaded Oh, yeah, but why would you have it if he's not loaded? Make emergency escapes. <laughs> yeah, but surely if you've got if you've got like a backup plan like that on your keychain, <laughs> you'd have a tiny shell on it, right? The only oh, thing yeah. I can think is that the pilots of the helicopter are innocents. Everyone else yeah, in that helicopter is shoot the helicopter down. An absolute scumbag that deserves to Plus die. Plus they're flying over fucking San Francisco. Yeah. And if you shoot it down, it's going to crash. It's got to land somewhere. Yeah, but if it's between... Like, these guys you know, aren't the Avengers, so... Yeah. <laughs> They're not just going to drop cities <laughs> out of the sky. Um, during an interview with the film star Paul Rudd on the Howard Stern show, Stern told Rudd he had tried, 15 years prior to the release of Ant-Man, to buy the rights for Marvel in hopes to translate it to the big screen. Howard Stern? Tried. Howard Stern had tried to buy the rights to Ant-Man to make I'm a film. so glad he failed. Yep. Did you ever see Private Parts? <laughs> I don't think so. Me neither, because it's shit. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't like Howard Stern. Howard Stern's like, I know we have humour on this podcast where we make fun of our friends. Yeah. Right? For entertainment. <laughs> but behind the scenes, like, you know, they tell us we can. Yeah. And they're happy. And if we don't do it enough, they get angry, right? They're weird, our friends. But Howard Stern has very much like attack humor like yeah. he will go after people that he doesn't know like i'm not gonna unless you're boris or someone famous tom cruise someone who deserves it like <laughs> i'm not gonna go after you if yeah. i don't know you and i know i can't get away with it <laughs> but how it stands not like that i'm not really so yeah really a fan of him. Humor, humor's only good when you're everyone's in on the joke uh, well ideally you should be punching up or at the very least sideways if you're punching down so we can't really talk about Will Roxanne anymore. They they yearn for it. If uh, we didn't, they'd get very grumpy. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, like, yeah, they'd probably leave the cult. Masochists. The group. <laughs> stop their touchy podcast. I mean, every other week podcast. <laughs> they keep ripping us off without even meaning to. Yeah, I don't know how they did it this week. We hadn't even put our plan we into action. We hadn't even put ours into action. I haven't <laughs> even done the episode card this week, which we discussed. And they're like, hey, look, here's our episode card. It's basically what you were going to do. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> the house used for Hank's residence was also used as Halliwell Manor in Charmed. Oh, I've never seen Charmed. You know, my sister used to be a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I know. 
back in the in the nineties and early noughties it when was, everyone loved Charmed. It was probably I've, Charmed come off the back of Buffy. I think Buffy yeah. did well, and people were people like this shit. People okay. like this shit, right? Three female witches, bosh. Yeah, yeah. The oh, teen right. girls will love it because they see themselves. The teen boys will love it because I mean, look at the three witches. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, and they used the same house. Not one of them was as hot as Willow Rosenberg, but still. <laughs> Uh, Peyton Reed revealed that Andrew Barra and Gabriel Ferrari were al- were also writers of the movie, but had to remain uncredited due to the Writers Guild. Dave Callahan also did a rewrite just before filming, so that it's takes the original fucking seven, right? Yeah, that's like seven writers worked on this film. And we we've spoken about films before that have had writing by committee. Uh, that's what I was about to say. It is incredible that this film, A, makes sense, flows as well as it does, and is entertaining when you've got seven pairs of hands. Yeah. I mean, you, they started with a solid product because yeah. it was written by Edgar Wright. Yeah. So I would imagine there were just expansions. When they and- say rewrites, it's probably just like the odd tweak here. And yeah, there. changing this scene or adding, yeah. expanding one that already exists. So as long as you've got a solid foundation and you're keeping most of that, you, you're pretty good, I I'll think. I'll be honest. I imagine Paul Rudd's writing credit probably comes from, uh, what do I call it when you make it up on the spot? Ad-lib. Ad-libbing stuff. Ad-libbing stuff, stuff yeah. He probably did it enough yeah. that uh, they had to I give mean, him writing credit. We we covered the 40-year-old virgin, and we talked about how the majority of that script <laughs> was ad-libbed. It was just ad-libbed. And Paul Rudd was in that film ad-libbing. Ad-libbing. There were whole scenes in that film that you told me. Oh, there's whole scenes in it that where it's just didn't exist the actors. Until they just, just got... They were on camera just making shit just up. Just jibing, yeah. as they do. So I would suggest that that's where his credit comes from. Uh, much of the music composed by Christoph Beck for this soundtrack is written in 7-4 time signature, which, for those wondering, is seven beats per measure, yeah, I rather than the 4-4, four four, which is more I, normal. I have to say, all the stuff I loved about this film, the soundtrack didn't really soundtrack stand is very, out to me. Yeah, it's 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 a very low key it's soundtrack. Brilliant because it does exactly what it needs to yep. do without stealing the limelight. But at the same time, there's nothing that really grabs me. There's no me. standout theme no. or anything. You can walk out the cinema whistling. In fact, the best musical part in this film is during that scene at the end where they're like, "He's like, I'm going to disintegrate you," and the phone goes. Playing, Siri playing goes, disintegrate playing by, by the cure. cure. Not because I love, <clears throat> I've never heard that cure song before. No, but never, right. I just thought that apparently that's not disintegrate. That's the first uh, disintegrate is the album, yeah. and that's the first track, track on what it's called. Oh, okay. but, but I just love. Sorry, guys, kicking the cable. I love doing the, the Yeah, fucking hell. Stop kicking the fucking cable. <laughs> no, I just like that. I don't know, that tool that they used for Siri, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> to give you the music inside the briefcase yeah. and have Siri do it. <laughs> the way Siri does stuff, which is, you don't mean it, it just happens. It just happens, yeah. Like computer. Nope, she's ignoring you. Fuck you, computer. It does it when... Is it even turned on? Computer. Thank you. You're welcome. The one downstairs, yeah. it's set up on our TV unit. Uh, I watch a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, use that trigger word a lot. Yeah. And like fucking yesterday, Commander Data's asking them to fucking check some atmospheric readings. And the computer's like, hmm, I don't know that one. And it's like, oh my God, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, nearly, I'm nearly finished. That's all right. Paul Rudd wanted Scott Lang to exit prison and be greeted by Lewis holding an iPhone above his head playing Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes. They shot the scene, but unfortunately the song was quite expensive. So they dropped it. From that yeah. film where mate he's got the boombox above his head. Oh, oh, is that the that's, song? That's the song, yeah. Ah, 
Yeah. I was going to say, like, <laughs> every real... Because I, I follow a lot of, like, rappers. And half of them are always going to prison and getting out. <laughs> so all the real world kind of people coming out of prisons I've seen, there's a lot more people, there's champagne, <laughs> there's real relief and celebrations. With them, it's just like, all right, all right, yeah, cool, let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, I'd be so much more excited to see, if it was you, <laughs> to see you after three years than that. <laughs> and if I was him, I'd be so much more excited to get out. But it's all kind of very low key. key. Yeah, most things that Scott Lang yeah, does are pretty I low suppose, key. Yeah. He's a very laid back person. Uh, and body count. This doesn't, I, I stress, include ants. Okay. Eighteen. Nope. Thirty-two. Oh. Yeah. 32. More than I thought. A lot of people. A lot of security guards. A lot of security guards. <laughs> a lot of uh, generic faceless goons. A lot of hydras. Yeah, a lot of hydras. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if it was if it included the ants, it would be in oh, the hundreds, yeah. thousands, maybe. <laughs> uh, my first note. Yeah, I feel for you, Doctor Pym. I've lost count of how many times over the years I've wanted to reach over a desk and sa- slam someone's head into it. Yeah, thank God we ain't got a desk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. In this case, it's a microphone. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-nine does not look like the eighties. Not my recollection of the eighties. It does not brutalist one bit. It's far too. <laughs> Like modern for the eighties. It does look, yeah. I suppose there were bits of it. That's that's the Triskelion being built, yeah. isn't it? That we see in um, Winter Soldier, yeah. um, and that kind of makes sense that that would be like that because they're all brutalist the architecture. Was you know, it did it originate in the eighties? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I remember growing up in the eighties and it was brutalist architecture everywhere you looked. Well, the Triskelion was very brutalist. It just looks too shiny and too new. It's all concrete. What are you talking about? It doesn't look like fuck you. It doesn't look like the eighties. Uh, <laughs> you just you just want it to look like staples table style yeah. table tie shopping centres yeah. circa eighty nine. Yeah, because that was just all grey concrete and brutalist, brutalist. architecture. Yeah. Uh, he cleaned the blood off his nose too quickly and easily. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't leave a couple of smears at least for realism. Right. This is something that annoys me. Me too. It's something I hadn't thought about for ages until um, I've been doing a lot of woodwork this yeah. week outside. And I'm very bad because I didn't wear a face mask at all. Okay. So I've got a lot of wood shavings and shit, lots of sanding and stuff, lots of wood shavings up my snoot, and it gave me a nosebleed. Okay. I just refer to it as a snoot on the microphone. That's what that's what we call Lando's nose, and we started oh, okay. referring to our noses as snoots. I do apologise. I have no idea. I was just rolling him with it. I was like, I know he means his nose. I'll just go with it. <laughs> so I had a lot of sawdust up my nose. Um, and I was sat here the other day. Um, and I just got off the phone. And I heard something dripping. And I was like, what the fuck? I haven't spilled my drink. And I looked down. And blood was pissing out oh, my nose. I was like, oh, crap. Okay. It took me a good 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. To, for it to stop. And then it took me another good 10 minutes to clean up, at least partially. And I had to be careful because every time I started cleaning it, yeah. I pulled the scab off and it started bleeding again. Every time This guy is it. like, dab, dab, yeah. done. Every time I've had a nosebleed, it's lasted at least 20 minutes. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing. It's like he smashes his head on there. They give him all the blood. They go away for two seconds. They cut back to him. Clean. Clean. Not even, like, I wouldn't mind if he just done that and got a couple of smears left. Yeah. Because that would add realism. But yeah. I'm, it's just totally fresh face. It's like, that's when, not how this works. No, when it completely disappears, I'm taken out of the moment. Unless you're a I'm fucking like, vampire and it just yeah. absorbs into your skin. Uh, as a man that works in retail, <laughs> that level of idiocy is not an exaggeration. No. 
No. We've, we've we've all we've both been there for several years, and no, yeah, you see people like that all the time, and you're just like, how can I tell this person they're a fucking idiot yeah. without saying they're a fucking idiot? Because I need this job. Yeah. <laughs> Take a burger. Uh, we can't. We don't do that. We don't do Bath that here. Ice cream, uh, pretzel, mustard dip. Oh. Take something hot and fresh. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, my guy, are you for real? Although a mango fruit blast does sound pretty good. Um, I quite like I quite like mango flavoured stuff. They chocolate. It's, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit too sweet for me. Yeah. I went for a bad time with them okay. with, with mango flavour stuff because a few years ago I was very ill for like a week. Um I had this horrible chest infection. So when I go to the walking I had to get yeah. taken to the walking centre and stuff. Um and I thought I was recovering from it. And uh, my mum and sister were like, well, are you still okay to take us to Costco at the weekend? You know, because if you're not, it's fine. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll come with you. I fucking I- love Costco. So do I. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll drive you up there. No problem. I drove up there fine. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. We get halfway around the fucking shop and I just wanted to die. Yeah. I just felt like death. And I'm just... Literally hobbling and pushing this trolley along. I was like, they were like, do you want me to push it? I was like, no, because if I don't have the trolley to lean on, I will just fall on the floor. If and that was me, I would have been like, I'm going to go get my pizza or chicken sandwich. I'm going to go wait in the car for you. <laughs> I was worried if I did that, I would have just died or, or they yeah. called an ambulance or something. Uh, uh, but I had a drink in the car and it was one of these mango energy drinks. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just tired. That's what it is. Yeah. So I, I was sitting there drinking that. And then we had to stop somewhere on the way home. And I was like, I can't get out of the car. Yeah. I will wait in the car. It still made me drive, by the way. Of course, yeah. Um, and I was just drinking this. And then I got home and we had like a big fucking crate of them at the time. And that's what I was drinking to try and keep myself yeah. going. And that left just a bad impression awesome. on me for, for a good few years. I couldn't have mango flavoured stuff. Let's be fair. Would you have let anybody else drive your car? It wasn't my car. It was theirs. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. <laughs> if, my sister, if my sister can get me to drive anywhere, she will. Okay. She absolutely will. She much prefers being a passenger. <laughs> yes, now. Um, what kind of hotel was a prison door as an entrance? You just dive <laughs> the bars yeah. and you have to actually unlock that to get into the... I'm like, that is the least hospitable ho- hotel I've ever that's, seen uh, in my That's life. Uh, living in an unpleasant location. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baskin Robbins always finds out. Oh, yeah. I love the idea of an ice cream company having, like, this super yeah. effective intelligence network. Yeah. I mean, bet just, like, everybody, at least, like, an, one of them things that everybody just everybody, knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Basket, Basket Robbins ain't playing. And yeah. it's like, wait, is this a thing yeah. now in the yeah. MCU? Hydra, Basket Robbins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't cahoots. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I love the way they superimpose Luis's voice over the characters he's talking about. Oh, he's just talking so about. They do it a few times, but it's, it's just different right yeah. you don't see that and everything so it's a fresh take on somebody talking you through something and it's actually quite i won't go as far as to say humorous but it put a smile on my face to see someone saying the words but in someone else's voice yes it's nice I yeah liked it. it was part of the fun of the film i like i like the lewis character and his little stories because they do another very clever thing which i'm a big fan of which is they reveal hidden depths in the character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's talking about the wine tasting, he's like, you know, I don't like reds, but there was yeah. this rosé, and it saved the... He's like, no, 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 wrong details. It's like, and oh, then, I was at the abstract exhibit, and I'm not really into that. I'm, I'm into this other guy. Neo-Cubist. One, yeah. And then it's just like, boom. And it's, it's... What I love about that is you look at him like, oh, I'm not I'm not being disparaging here, but Hispanic guy, California. Yeah, yeah I've got you pegged, I know. Yeah. self Self-confessed criminal. Yeah. Uh, but then you find out that he's actually a wine connoisseur. And he's into neo-cubist yeah. artwork. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. 
Um, actually, talking about Louise, my favourite Louise moments when they're driving back from the prison, and he's like, "Oh, so how's your girl? <laughs> she left me. My mom died. Oh, my mom died too. Dad got deported, but I got the van. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool van. Yeah. Um, until now, the MCU featured indeed was built on a multi-billionaire rich person in the form of Tony Stark. Yeah. So it's a nice twist that they chose to close out this phase. Yeah. With a film about a Robin Hood style character who get, only ends up in this situation because he stole from rich people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really like that. I love that. Because it's kind of like the way they describe, oh, you know, you robbed from all the rich fat cats. It's like, you know, Tony Stark is like a rich fat cat and it's the whole point is yeah. this universe exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I see what you did there. I love the fact that this is a very much an origin story. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't feel like an origin no. story. It fits so smoothly within the flow of yeah. the, the rest of the films that you don't feel like it's a stop, reset, look, this is how this happened. And there's no big major catastrophe or no. something that sets it all in motion. It's like, oh, no, I can't do what I used to do, so I need someone else. I need like, someone else to do I'll it. i just bring you and train you. It's all low-key, and we're going to go and save the world. Yeah. This is how passing the torch should be done. Yeah, this is this is how you do an origin story. When the story, when the grand story you're telling doesn't need an origin story, doesn't need story an origin yeah, story to yeah. slow it down. Um, I think you should learn to be a cat burglar so we can get seed money to take touching to the next level. I've already organised a meeting with a free runner to start your training. I was going to say, where does an electrical engineer get these mad free running cat burglar skills from? <sighs> no idea. You know, I've worked with some electrical engineers. They are nerdy, socially awkward. Yeah. motherfuckers in general hi warren <laughs> warren's one of the, the few exceptions actually yeah, actually yeah i agree but i worked with some of them and they are the epitome of yeah. like you know the nerdy engineer person and none of them have well none of them have looked like paul rudd with his yeah, shirt off of course not <laughs> and none of them to my knowledge have had those crazy cat burglar skills i'm gonna go out on a limb creating a narrative here <laughs> that if he's dedicated enough to get a master's degree in electrical engineering he's dedicated enough to do whatever he sets his mind to so if he wants to be a cat burglar he'll go out and do all the training mm, maybe that's how he put himself for university exactly cat burglarizing he's gotcha. awfully lucky that everything he needed to break into pim safe was just lying was around just there. <laughs> <laughs> i do love when he's like talking about it and he says about Oh, it's made from the same steel as the Titanic. Yeah. And then they just go off on a little tangent talking yeah. about Titanic. The film. It made me genuinely laugh out loud. I love that because, A, it's funny. But, B, it's... What we do. <laughs> it's realistic. Yeah, it is. Nobody would make, like, like a reference to Titanic and then not then reference the film. Yeah. And Louise does what I do, which is, like, <laughs> the characters are real. Like, this person died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you can tell Cross is a bad guy because he's wearing a shiny suit and looks like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> the minute he comes on, you're like, oh, you're the villain. You're a villain. Look at that Straight suit. On. It's made of Teflon. Yeah. You've got no hair. Yeah. Come on, Zuck. What you what, what you got for us? You're like the Wish.com Lex Luthor. <laughs> uh, how comes I didn't bat an eyelid when he turned... Oh, I've done that one. Yeah. Uh, the Ant-Man suit is not one of the cooler superhero suits. It's not. It looks nerdy and awkward. It looks like something from a 1950s Saturday Sci-fi. TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's home. It looks homemade. It looks like it comes from a 1950s comic book. So that was my theory on it. 
like at the beginning of the film. But by the end of the film, I'm bought into it. Oh, like, yeah. Ant-Man's the coolest motherfucker in the world uh-huh. by the end. But at the beginning, when you first see him put a suit on, I'm like, ooh, that is not the cool, one not of the great. coolest That's suits. That's not a great... But yeah, by the end of it, you can't, you've been won over. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, It's, yeah. it's odd. I've seen... Uh, I've seen uh, cosplayers doing uh, Ant-Man before. And, yeah, it's one of those things, when they're putting it on, it actually looks better without the helmet on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it always looks more more casual and looks more MCU. Scott looks better when he presses the button and it opens. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had a helmet that did that. Snap. Just for my life. What a mindfuck of an experience Scott has the first time he shrinks. Yeah. But I love the idea of him getting stuck on the revolving vinyl. <laughs> and he's that holding on to the, the groove. Yeah. I was like, that is just original. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, we see the party going on when he first arrives. So yeah. we know that there's a party going on. So for him to slip through the cracks and land on the vinyl and hold the grooves, I was just like, A, 99% sure that was Edgar Wright. <laughs> B, it's original and fresh and yes. not what you would expect. You would yeah. expect the rat. You would expect the drain pipe. You would expect these things, but... You wouldn't expect him to be at a fucking cyberpunk rave. Yeah, holding on to the groove yeah. in the vinyl. <laughs> I, loved, oh, I love all of the, 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 the shrinking yeah. scenes. I loved um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. As, and, well, the follow-up shit. Yeah. But as a kid, I absolutely loved that. And the idea of, like, you know being shrunk down and these everyday places being these weird biomes because everything's just so huge in that. And this film just takes that and turns it up to 11. By this point in the MCU, especially after Age of Ultron, which was the last film we covered, right? It was the one preceding this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That end scene in Ultron is, at that point in the timeline when none of the other films have been made, you had never seen that no. on screen before, oh, we, right? we said that in the, the Age of Ultron episode. And at this point in the MCU, they've shown you continuously, like, the action's escalated. Yeah. The special effects have got better. They've shown you so many things you've never seen. The trick Ant-Man does is to really show you something you haven't seen. Yes, it goes the other way. Yeah. It makes it shrinks everything makes it, down. Makes everything bigger by making it smaller. That scene where... At the end, when they're doing the job, mm. and he's in, he ends up on that model of cross yes. industries, and he's and you just see him running and the bullets. Yeah, like I'm like somehow after all these Marvel films, <laughs> they're still showing me shit I've never seen before. Yeah, and that is half. This gives him a whole new yeah. ballpark to play in. That is a third of what appeals to me about Marvel films because like. They're showing you things you have never seen yeah. or could never comprehend. New before. stuff being shown on scene yeah. before, or even if it's you know it's something that has been done before, it's done different or yeah. it's done writ large yeah. sort of thing, you know, on a huge scale. And again, we'll talk about it next week. This week they showed us tiny. Yeah. Ant-Man. Next week we're going to see giant big Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mummy's so happy you're here. She choked on her drink. I love that. One. It's so good. Because yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, no, I can see that. Because from my perspective of a kid, that's what that's you see. That's exactly what it is, yeah. But as an adult, you're like, oh, gosh, oh she's not she's happy. Not happy. <laughs> uh, more people should tell stories like Luis, but yeah. not too many. Yeah. <laughs> because I do need to hear what's being yeah. told to me. Uh, the MCU goes all Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. When they're doing that little the, the, the suit heist yeah. prep scene. I love it. And it's just like, yeah, it's. it's 
cl- very clear what it is. That it's clearly an homage to those oh that all of that whole sequence genre. of films and yeah, that genre. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's just done really well, and it's just a little little tip of the hat. And they kind of nod to that again later on when he says, "Like you thought you would stop the future with a, with a heist. heist," and he says, "Like I was always far more than a heist." Interestingly, that's exactly what they do in Endgame. Yeah, is a heist. They yeah. go back and they steal the time stones. Yeah, and it literally changes the future. Yeah, so it's like, "Ha, so, fuck you, Cross." Is this foreshadowing? Absolutely, it's got to be. Because they knew what they were going to do, or is it just a, a synchronicity? I, knowing the way Paul Feige is with this yeah. whole thing, I think it was planned. Um, when he's in the prison... Yes. ...and he's in the cell... Yes. ...there is no way he gets that suit on in five seconds. How the fuck did he get that suit on in five seconds? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would have been better off just not having the hands. Yeah. Or giving him 20 seconds. Giving him 20 seconds. Because 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 buy that. It's like... He's fully clothed. He has to get into that suit, which appears to be yeah. skin tight, yeah. over his clothes. Yeah. And it's like, how? There's no visible zips or anything. Like, could you put a onesie on in less than five seconds? Absolutely not. No. but And I give him the blight when he's doing the break-in, and it's like four minutes goes past, and he's managed to run around, break through two doors, yeah. and he does all that stuff. And you're like... All right, it's a comic book film. Yeah. But in that cell, I'm like, all right, it's a comic book film, but you are pushing your fucking... Literally five Five seconds. seconds. Yeah. It would take one of those seconds to get up and pick up the suit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't think the question is, whose pyjamas are these? I think it's, (laughs) who stripped me and dressed me? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I, I I could quite happily be stripped and dressed by Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. No, not 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 ticking the box for you. I just don't want to be stripped and redressed by anyone. To be fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take note for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there are too many creepy crawlies in this film. Uh, no. Myrmecophobia is the fear of ants, ah. and any sufferer of that phobia must be triggered as fuck by this what? film. Normal. What's most it called myrmecophobia. I thought that would have been the fear of mermaids. It's spelled with a Y. Ah. Uh-huh. Like myrmidon. Um. Another word. <laughs> to be fair, if you've got that, yeah. would you really go and watch, you a, watch a film, film called, called Ant Man? Yeah. Probably not. No. Most of it, it's okay, but there are some scenes where, like that first shot overhead of the bed, yeah, where it's surrounded by yeah, it, and right. that gah, makes my skin crawl. I, I don't know. I have no problem with any insects. I, I, I don't. don't really... I don't mind insects unless there are too many of them. <laughs> so that bit where he's like, "Oh, you're cute," and then they all pile on. Oh no, that was okay because that was like puppies. Yeah, okay. The bit. Where she puts the little earpiece on when he's trying to get the sugar in the cup. Yeah. And the, you see the ants crawling up the walls and yeah. they form over the light and they're just everywhere. That's very arachnophobia, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, I love the fact that they dedicated 10 seconds to explaining why the Avengers aren't going to show up. Yeah. Uh, I love how it took Hank getting shot. Uh, I love how Hank getting shot is the only thing that can make her call him dad. <laughs> a nice touch. It's so subtle. Yeah. Well, they build it up all the way through, and then when she, she doesn't got, refer to him as dad, at and when all. he gets shot and she calls him dad, you're like, Oh, oh I know what he was all. It was near death, fronting and blustering. Um, I want a mini lamb. Oh, I shrink in the little jar. I'm like, Oh my god, I want one, it's they like, could live on my desk. <laughs> I was just like, I could build like a, a Lego city for it, <laughs> get some grass in there. It'd be brilliant, brilliant. I love it. Uh, Louise is my favourite character in this film. He brings the perfect amount of levity they're using really well. Uh, my heart broke when Anthony gets shot. Oh, uh, mate, you jumped way ahead Sorry. of me again. Uh, 
<laughs> I said I didn't have many notes. I, I do that. Yeah, well, I've done nearly three pages. Um, I was trying to like help you out by doing three and then letting you do one. <laughs> I think our first move should be to call the Avengers. Yeah, because that's exactly what you would do. Yeah, of course. And it's a good line, right? And mm. like I said, I love the fact that they gave them take, ten, take, ten take seconds time to explain why. To explain why they're not there because. I imagine nine out of ten people sitting in the cinema watching this film for the first time are like, call the fucking Avengers. Call the Avengers. Tony Stark could just fly in there. Pew, pew, pew. Problem solved, mate. Hulk could just go in there, smash the way. Smash. (laughs) Or four. (laughs) Yeah. You've got any of them. (laughs) I mean, it's like you want to sneak, you want to do a breaking into job. You've got literally half Black Widow. That is is her raison d'etre. Um, but yeah, they take Plus she does it in tight leather trousers as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whilst I do appreciate uh, Paul Rudd yeah. in, in tight leather trousers, I would even more prefer, more appreciate um, Scarlett Johansson. Of course. Um, Scott Lang is the most relatable of the MCU's superheroes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Even, I mean, Peter Parker is... Fairly relatable. Yeah, but he's 16. But he's 16, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's he's far too young for us to really relate yeah. to him because he's a 16-year-old growing up in the 2020s. Yeah, most of the other films, like Take 4, Jane yeah. is the relatable one because she's the human. In Iron Man... None of them are really no. relatable. <laughs> but in all the other... Jarvis. Films, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of like the side characters, the B characters, yeah. are the relatable ones, the Mary Sues, that you're like, oh, wow. I and them watching all this go even, on. Even Captain America, although he is a very nice person who you would like to know, and he's the hero that everyone yeah. likes to imagine, he's not relatable. No. no. You can't relate to him because he is yeah. this, this all-American superhero. And he's got his 1940s morality and exactly. all that stuff. But So you're normally relating and following another human character, yeah. right? So you're on the ride watching... Everything go on. Yeah, here you get to go the on the ride. On is yeah, as the superhero. Yeah, he's just a regular Joe making his way in the universe. Regular Simple man Joe with making like his way in the universe. Some free running skills and a mad free running skills. Master's degree. Master's degree in electrical engineering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hot ex wife. Hot ex wife. <laughs> uh, hot girlfriend. Oh fuck it, I can't relate. To yeah, no, I can't relate to this bullshit. Um, I love the fact that Scott acknowledges that he's expendable in all this. Yeah. And that's why he's the one in the suit doing all the dangerous stuff. The first time I watched that scene last night, my instant reaction is, oh, come on, bitch. You are smart. Yeah. Beyond smart. How could you have not seen this? <laughs> I saw this coming half an hour ago. But then I kind of thought about my life and I'm like, there are times I've been so angry and so bitter. and so- You're too close. You can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah. Yeah. So it does actually make sense. And I like that exchange in the car where she's like, all right, all right, I'll yeah. back down. I'll finally understand because you've shown me and I'm sorry that I got you arrested and they have a nice moment. And it's really the turning point in the whole yeah. the whole thing. But- and I like the fact that Scott is self-aware enough yeah. to realise that. Yeah. But he's also selfless enough that he's like, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Because that's a, it's a nice blend. Well, he's doing it because he's promised to get him to help see his daughter, right? Yeah. But, so, but again, even though he's doing that for his daughter. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that you would do to, in order to see your kid putting your life at risk is a pretty selfless it's a one. a pretty selfless yeah. one, yeah. Especially putting your life at risk to achieve someone else's goals yeah. that realistically you don't really understand. 
heart to heart scene between father and daughter. Scott, that was awesome. Yes. I love that. Again, that would be That's me. you. Yeah, that would be me. I'd be like, this is brilliant. And I was like, fuck, I've ruined the moment. Uh, I totally forgot he raided the Avengers compound. Yeah. And I love the way that he keeps apologising. Yes. He's, when he's fighting Falcon, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You seem really cool. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about this. Because he would do. You know, yeah. He's basically beating up one of his heroes. And it's yeah. like, oh. And that's just his character all around. Like he says at the beginning, like, no, I didn't rob anyone. Yeah, robbery implies threat. Threat. I hate violence. I I like. I burgled burgled them. Yeah, I'm a cat burglar. So when he has to actually fight him, I can see him being like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry." sorry." sorry. Um, Deploying the bullet ants. Capybara. (laughs) Scott Lang pronounces difficult words almost as well as you do. Yeah. Better than me. I mean, yeah, because he. He he doesn't even try though. He He acknowledges that he can't say it. Uh, I've said about the tank. Right. It it nerd bit. Okay. Frying the servers destroyed all their data backups. Either that's bullshit hyperbole slash wishful thinking, or PIM Technologies needs to fire their CTO. Somewhere like that should absolutely have redundant offsite and or long-term backup storage. Yeah. Most companies, once you reach a certain size and you've got critical data, the company I used to work for had a lot of critical data. There was a lot of patent data and stuff like that that we had to keep. So we had our standard digital backups, which were done every hour, and then every 24 hours, there was, for a while, there was a tape backup that we used to run and then was collected and taken off-site and went to uh, a fucking bomb-proof storage site. Ours wasn't digital, but I was basically the archivist in my last job, and <laughs> I used to have to send everything off so, Yeah, all of our paperwork stuff, that yeah. went off to the same storage site as our digital ones. If our building burned down, we could have proved, like, for the past 25 years or however long that building has gone that we've done everything properly because yep. all that paperwork was somewhere else. Yeah. We then progressed on to, like, we had digital copies locally and then digital copies that were stored in the cloud and yeah. multiple different geolocations. And there is no way that PIM Technologies would not have something like frying those servers would take it down, but you, I, they'd have off-site backups. I get frying the servers as part of doing the job. Yeah. If your ultimate goal <laughs> is to blow the thing up and make it fucking disappear, what was the point? What was the point in, yeah. in doing that as well? Um, I've only got two notes, so. Where am I? I Anthony, uh, I love the briefcase fight. Yes. Even though the music we said about that was a nice touch, but it doesn't really fit the scene. Musically, no. no. It's more the. The toll of using yeah, Siri and using Siri and, and setting that whole little scene up. It also gives them a light source because otherwise yeah. that whole fight would be going on in the dark and would be shit. Yes. Um, lol, straight into the bug zapper. Yeah. When he hits him with a little fucking table tennis bat. <laughs> At that point, I was like, that, if that's the end, that's maybe the best end of the a The best end is like, it's bug size and you knocked him into a bug zapper. Not Game just over. that. It's because, in my mind... They're halfway through the fight. You're expecting another 10 minutes. Yeah. So for him to just, boom, dispose of him and it be over, <laughs> I was like, I, I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. What I did see coming was him then coming back to have yeah. another showdown. Um, but my actual favourite part of this entire film happens when they have that showdown. So okay. I'll wait till you get uh, there. The Ant-Man suit really needs some kind of weapons or defensive systems. Yeah. It's great for infiltrating and, you know, having fisticuffs with bad guys yeah. like the... Generic grunts, but 
as you see, when you're when you're fighting another, effectively a superhero yeah. or supervillain, it yeah. really kind of you're down to fisticuffs, and it's like you're going to have a punch up with Captain America. Well, there's the reason that Yellow Jacket has all them arms, all them yeah. weapons, because it's being marketed as as an offensive weapon. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, he needs something. Get, get a fucking repulsor in, in yeah. there or something. Just call Stark. Just call it. Stark. Get a repulsor. Get 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 yourself a Mignon <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next though, come on. <laughs> I know how to say meow when you one of my favourite things in the world to do is to get you or Amy to try and say meow me. <laughs> Thing is, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, I just can never in that moment I can never Remember yeah. the actual pronunciation. She does the same. Yeah. We'll break it down, and you get it into its constituent syllables, and she can say it, and you put them all together, and it goes wrong. Yeah. The other one is is uh, Swarovski. Oh, Swarovski. <laughs> yep, that one. Next note. The crystals. <laughs> uh, lol, Chris getting across, getting hit by the train. And when he knocks him on the tracks, and Thomas is barreling down to him. My absolutely favourite part of this film <laughs> comes during the final fight scene. I love how they cut between the super dramatic fight mm. where they're both tiny and throwing stuff at each other like any other Marvel film. <laughs> and we need to cut back to our perspective <laughs> for us to see some toys falling over. <laughs> the best part of this is when Darren thinks he's going to get hit by Thomas, but Thomas just tumbles off the just track off. like a toy would. <laughs> it is like... It's, it's just genius. Whoever, whoever put... Because... You don't need to do it. No. Right? It doesn't need to be done. You could have that whole big dramatic fight. Like the full-on, like, MCU-style yeah. mega fight. At the end, you never have to cut away to show us, like, a proper human's perspective. <laughs> but because they do, and it's like everything I saw as a kid yeah. with my toys, I'm like, oh, that's genius. Yeah. Real genius. One of my favourite bits is when he starts throwing the, the enlarger discs yeah. and stuff, and the giant Thomas goes crashing out into the street. That's my very last note. The giant Anne and giant Thomas are awesome touches. Yes, I like that. I love the idea of like, when he's testing it and he blows up the gnome yeah. in that garden. That, that scene at the end is just like a one-second scene after everything's wrapped up, where it's just Thomas laying on his side. And, and the end just scurries past, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Paxton has a perfectly rational reaction to a dog-sized ant charging down the stairs at him, yeah. which is he freaks out and screams like a baby. And he finally redeems himself in that last scene. In the last little scene. Because for the majority of the film, I want him to die. He's a knobhead. He is, yeah. Uh, Tony Stark got Nick Fury trying to recruit him into the Avengers. Scott Lang gets Luis. <laughs> I, I think never would have been. Busy. Oh, I don't want to hear that bullshit. Yeah, I mean, there's some chords going on somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. I like the, 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 how the mid-credit scene is... Um, what is the mid-credit scene on that one? I didn't see any credit scenes for this one. Did you not? No. The mid-credit scene was a bit... Oh, it's um, Hank showing Hope the wasp suit. Oh, okay. Because yeah. obviously for the next film, or the, the half-built prototype of the wasp suit. Um, but the end-credit scene is uh, the Winter Soldier with his arm trapped in a hydraulic vice, after clearly just have a, had a fight with Steve Rogers and Falcon, neither of whom are in their superhero garb, in a warehouse somewhere. Um, and, like, fucking uh, Falcon says to him, he says something about it, and he goes, you know, well, I have no idea what we do next. And Steve is just like, 
Oh, if we could, and I, I think Falcon says, you know, if we could call Stark. Um, Steve was just like, no, he uh, he'd never believe us anyway. And then Falcon says, like, oh, thanks. Uh, there's no telling what the Accords would actually let him do. And it's like, oh, we'd have to deal with this ourselves. And then it pans out and fades to black. Yeah. And it's like, I don't remember seeing that. I don't. I, I think I must have left the cinema after the 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 first mid credits one. Probably. But the end credits scene, yeah, it basically that's that's basically a cut from Civil War somewhere. Yeah. Because you've got Winter Soldier. You're not in his Winter Soldier garb, no. just like civilian. All of them in the civilian garb clearly just had a fight with each other. And you're like, what? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> That is, it's, again, it's brilliant to have given you this really fun film. Yeah. And then just throw this super serious, I don't it's know how long It's a super serious, gritty, dark, like, not probably not even 30 seconds. 60 seconds. So you you would normally walk out of the cinema like, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. I feel real good. Yeah, like, I wonder what's next. But now you're walking out of the cinema like, fuck fuck? sake, <laughs> what is next? I need to know what's next. How are they going to fit? Scott Lang into this. They, they don't work. <laughs> uh, do you have a score? Um, I don't know. My score is higher than I ever thought I would score this film, but I'm giving it an eight. Yeah, that's it. I wasn't going to give it an eight. I enjoyed it. But I don't feel like I can give it anything less no. than an eight. It does, I don't know, probably because it's not as epic, it's not as serious as as a, like the last ones we but watched. Again, like, do you know, like I said, Louise is the... F- Really good use of levity in yeah. the film because every time it gets a bit tense, they bring him in, he tells a story, it lightens the mood. Yeah. This film is the levity, it's the levity in the MCU. In the over- yeah. overarching story. Because I, I know they tried to do that with Guardians of the Galaxy. But Guardians of the Galaxy is that is a, a cream pie to the face yeah. comedy, which is yeah. this is far more Realistic. British com- comedy, yeah, realistic. It's realistic comedy. It's sarcastic got, comedy, yeah. and you got people just Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. It's less budumts and people just telling jokes. It's it's the difference between getting a bunch of actors and having them make jokes and getting a comedian yeah. to play a role. Yeah, because Paul Rudd is a very funny person, yeah. and he has that innate humour and the timing off pat, seemingly without even trying. And he's just so lovable that yeah, <laughs> nothing he says is going to ever upset you. <laughs> But it's impossible to be upset by Paul Rudd. This is sandwiched between uh, Age of Ultron, which was a serious... Serious film. And then Civil War, which is which a, is a serious, serious film. So I feel like this film is the breath of fresh this air. This is the cream filling go, in the Oreo yeah, cookie of the MCU. Go, <sighs> right. Yeah, and decompress. ready to go for Civil ready, War. Yeah, ready to get all serious. And the thing is, thinking about Civil War, there's a couple of comedic elements in that, because... You've obviously got Spider-Man. Spider-Man turns up and has and, good lines. And basically Ant-Man steals well. the entire show. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That was the whole point, wasn't yeah. it? It was like, hey, look what we got, guys. We finally won him back on Sony. But again, it's serious, though, because you've got the Avengers split in half. Yeah. And, I mean, you've we're got like, talk- Earth's greatest heroes fighting yeah. each other. We'll talk about this next week because the schedule got fucked. But <laughs> I do feel like, in the grand scheme of things, the reason the Marvel Universe works so well is because they're not looking at the just the three act structures in films. Mm. They're looking at the structure of the entire the overarching story they're telling. Because like, Ant Man didn't need to come after Ultron; it could have come before Ultron. Yeah. It makes no difference, right? If as long as they don't, you know, ask him to be in the Avengers at the end, <laughs> he doesn't. It doesn't really matter where it comes. No, it's almost a standalone film. But to place it here in between them two films 
really, yeah, it's just you you got your peaks and your troughs. It's it's just great attention to detail. Yeah, on the bigger picture. Yeah, looking at the not just for a film that focuses so much on things being small. Yeah, its place in the 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 architecture of the MCU is very much standing back, looking at the big picture. Yeah, and considering it's such a small. I mean, the whole Ant-Man thing is, it's the whole Ant-Man story is very low-key yeah. when it comes to the, the grand MCU. Yeah. But also there are little things in there that obviously make the whole arc, oh, absolutely. overarching yeah, story yeah, yeah. work. I mean, obviously it's him coming back from the quantum realm at the yeah. start of Thingy that allows the Avengers to do what they do and bring yeah, everyone okay. back after yeah. the, the snap. So it's You like, need him for yeah. Infinity War and Endgame to work, but... This film doesn't necessarily have to be in this position. No, in the running order. No, it could have. It could have been Earlier. almost anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. Have you gone out for this week? No. There you go.